You already know what time it is. Welcome back into the NFL with AJL, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 11 is on deck, alive and well. We got another guest with us also from the Give Us a Shot Network. But before we get him introduced, please make sure to like the stream wherever you're at. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit the bell. You'll never miss a post. And of course, you know about the QR code. Now over the Alvin Kamara jersey. We'll get into the Breeze jersey a little later. It's a little special anniversary today with a packed show as well. Scan the QR code if you can't scan it at the NFL with AJL on all social media platforms. If you can't find me, you're simply not looking hard enough. Get at me on social. Leave me a review on podcast platforms. I love, love, love engaging with you guys. We got a loaded show today. Like I said, NFL free agency is exploding. I've literally left off probably five to six pieces of news as we start the show today a little after seven. And by the time we get off of here, we might have another 20 pieces. So a Friday show is already packed and loaded as well. The Bears traded the number one overall pick. Uh, We got the Vikings releasing Adam Thielen. Jalen Ramsey got traded. Jimmy G is to the Raiders. But before I spill over into all that, as I promised, we have a guest tonight on the show from Goat Talk Podcast. I didn't even ask you, man. Do you go by, uh, can I see you? Are you there? Are you with me, Marcus? He might have lagged out. That's unfortunate. Let's, uh, Let's see where he's at. Don't want to hold it up. Let me check in on him. Make sure he's good. Yeah, it looks like he dropped. Let's see. Yeah, okay. He just jumped back in. All right, false alarm. As I mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, we officially now, for sure, no false alarms. Goat Talk Podcast. Man, I didn't even ask you. Do you go by Marcus? Is it Dwayne Marcus? I I want to keep it right with the folks. I go by Marcus. People call me Dwayne. It doesn't matter, bro. I respond to anything. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, man. It's windy. It's very windy where I'm at. It is very, yes. very where I'm at. So if yes. I drop out again, it's my bad. It's just crazy windy on, on this side of the world. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here, though. It's been a minute since we worked together. It's been a very long time. Yeah, you know, I actually, I don't think we've actually um, been on. I'm trying to get you turned up here so I can hear you a little more. I don't think we've actually been on a show together, but I've seen your work, of course, on Instagram. By the way, everybody, go follow him on social at GTP Marcus. Again, he is with Goat Talk Podcast. I'm with Marcus today. Super loaded show, like I said, NFL free agency, and it is windy, man. Definitely windy. I like yeah. it's comfortable. I'm glad the sun's out because if it wasn't, I probably would be super chapped. Um, and that would be unfortunate. We got a lot to talk about, and, and we don't need to be in that fashion. But yeah. let's go ahead and jump into it as I hear a car alarm outside. No worries, though, right? The Bears <laughs> traded the number one overall pick, and they completely shook up the NFL draft. Um, Some people are saying this is maybe the biggest haul ever for the number one overall pick. Some people are saying, relax, it will be fine. But nonetheless, the Bears got the number nine pick, the number 61 pick. So first and second this year, first rounder also for next year, a second rounder for 2025. And then they bring in DJ Moore, of course, who is going to help Justin Fields. And in return, the Carolina Panthers get the number one overall pick. Let's start with the obvious question, Marcus. Is this too much of a haul? from Carolina just to move up to number one is are the quarterbacks really worth it in this draft man the quarterbacks are worth it but the problem is and what you could see in Carolina is you you could see the same thing that we've seen with a couple of young guys that have been drafted is who who, 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 who whoever it is whether it's Bryce Young whether it's CJ Stroud whoever the Carolina Panthers draft who are they going to throw the ball to yeah who they're going to throw the ball to so it's it's a lot I've, I've seen people say like the Bears fleeced Carolina I won't go that far I mean you could definitely make the argument because of that but when yeah. you look at when you when you look at this I don't think this is a win-win scenario like I, I just can't see it um I, this is 100% a win for the Bears 
it's to be determined on whether or not this comes out on the good side for the Panthers. But the Bears undoubtedly, at least on paper, have won this trade. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that. Darby wants to know real quick. He's a loyal fan. What team are you a fan of? I, I feel like I don't even know either, man. That's so important. We're on a NFL podcast together. Who's your NFL team, dude? I'm a, I'm a Packers fan. Okay, you're a Packers fan. Gotcha. I feel like I feel like I knew that for some yeah, reason. We did, I know you and Justin. One of my my first offseason, I had you on to talk NFC South. We talked AJ Brown and uh, AJ. AJ Brown, Antonio Brown, and a bunch of other stuff. It was a while ago. It's, it's been a minute. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, a, I'm, yeah. I'm a Packers fan. It's tough. It's tough. I heard that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely is. Packers fans, NFC fans in general. You're just like Jesus. Oh, yeah. Can we can we get any competition? The AFC's loading up. Darby, appreciate you jumping in as always. Y'all get in the chat as you see at the top. Get in the chat. Chat is free. No charge. I know some folks out there with the super chats. We're not there yet, but if you want to get us there, please make sure to subscribe again at GTP Marcus for the guest tonight on the show so you take a look at some of the trades that have happened for the number one pick right the rams 2016 haul of course for jared goff feels like it's almost as big as this year's pick um or this year's you know first overall pick trade at the time they gave up two firsts two seconds and two thirds and i'm not going to get here and get caught up in oh well they drafted this guy and this guy turned into that because that just kind of seems senseless we don't know what happens until that happens, and then what's the trajectory of those guys by the time it pans out. Um, now, you take a look at DJ Moore. He is worth more than two-thirds for sure, so you can kind of say that it's leaning, okay, there was a couple firsts, there was a couple seconds in this, but I think the way DJ Moore produces and what he's going to do for Justin Fields, he's worth more than two-thirds uh, two if you kind of want to compare it in that fashion. And on average, over five years, he's going to get you 73 catches a year, 1,040 yards, and four touchdowns. You just take his yearly averages, you know, obviously – um, or his totals and split them up to get those numbers there. And if you want to get to the semantics of, you know, what the picks will turn into, then yeah, this could easily turn into the biggest haul. But as of right now, I feel like it's the number one biggest haul in trade history. Again, because like yeah. you look at the Rams deal, two firsts, two seconds, two thirds, you get matched with the two firsts, you get matched with the two seconds, but knowing what DJ Moore has done. And I know some people are going to be like, oh, he, he might have fell off last year, whatever the case may have been. We've seen what he's capable of on the field. And this is going to be great for Justin Fields next to a Darnell Mooney, uh, next to a Chase Claypool, you know, guys that we've kind of forgot about that are still there in Chicago and, and are really going to going to benefit Justin Fields. Now, with the trades shaking up the entire draft, we got to know who's going to go number one overall. So we'll start there, Marcus. Who is Carolina going to draft? Now that they have, as of today, the number one overall pick, I feel like the Carolina Panthers should still draft the best quarterback in the draft. And that's still Bryce Young. I mean, I know Anthony Richardson had himself a heck of a combine a couple uh, was that last week or the week before last. Yeah, uh, all kinds of records as a quarterback, um, and, and and so that and I, and I know that CJ Stroud is in the conversation, but like Bryce Young's been the best quarterback in college football for the last year or two. That hasn't changed, mm -hmm. despite what we've seen from Anthony uh, Anthony Richardson, despite what we've seen from right. Stroud, despite what we've seen from Will Will Levis. So, if the Panthers are smart they'll draft Bryce Young because they should because he's the best quarterback in the draft. And there's no yep. way, like, they're not building around Matt Corral. I think I read somewhere that they might cut him or something like that, or, or at least they're, they're shopping him around the league or something. So, like, you, you draft at this point, you draft the best quarterback available, and that person is Bryce Young. Unfortunately, he has no one to throw the ball to. And so their, their, their draft is going to have to be perfect because they're going to have to bring in some other talent so you can have some weapons around him. But Bryce Young should be – I'd be shocked if he's not. Carolina Panther. That's if the Panthers stay at one. Yeah. Yeah. And I see some reports also. And I agree with you. I will, I won't all the way lean in on Bryce Young being the absolute best quarterback because I really love what I see from CJ Shot. He's my personal favorite. I still got to get deep into the tape. And I know we got the draft coming up in I think six or seven weeks now, which is crazy. Yeah. But the reports are nonetheless that 
The Panthers are eyeing C.J. Stroud first overall, which, again, I agree with my favorite guy in the draft. Although I know about the whole Ohio State doesn't put NFL quarterbacks out at a good rate or really put you know NFL quarterbacks out at all. But the one reason that this really tells me with them moving up you know, as big of a haul as they went, knowing the reports of C.J. Stroud, that was the really big um, you know, trait kind of for Frank Reich is when he came over, we saw him legendarily with the Carson Wentz's, with a little bit of Phillip Rivers, with the Matt Ryan's, you, you know, your basic big build, big build guy, stand in the pocket, deliver the football. Uh, I might've lost Marcus, but we'll jump him back in. No worries. Boom. You're back, man. You good? Yeah, I'm good. The wind is just crazy. No, no worries. You're wind. fine. Hey, it lets me know when you pop. So nonetheless, I mean, you pop out, we'll get you back in and, and we'll be good to go. I know you're here for the whole show. So nonetheless, yeah, man, we we're here for the technology. <laughs> we're uh we just got to bear with technology but yeah i mean we've seen frank reich you know whether it's a matt ryan whether it's a carson wentz whether it's a little bit of philip rivers like he wants your big you know six foot six foot two six foot three plus guy you know getting in the pocket not necessarily jumping around reading the defense delivering the ball and that's what cj stroud i feel like presents the most overall you know more than a bryce young more than an anthony richardson not only on tape but for especially frank reich's liking as well now let's flip over to chicago who should Chicago now look to um, go after, whether it's the ninth pick? Let, let's just kind of stick there because it can get deeper. Sure. But now that they fall into nine, who do you think they should pursue? I think they go defense. I mean, I I, I, I love B. John Robinson. And I love Jameer Gibbs, but I don't think nine is the spot for a running back. I, yeah. I, there's a lot of talent. It would have to be B. John if they went yeah. running back. If, if they were going to reach at nine, it had to be B. John because I think he's the best running back in the draft class. By obviously. far. Um, if they wanted to, I mean, again, like, when, when you look at what they need, right, and this is no shot at Cole Komet, right, all their needs are primarily defensively, but if you're talking specifically offense, obviously they can take some help on the O-line, but they've kind of addressed some of that through fantasy these past couple of days. I think any one of these tight ends, that's, whether it's Darnell Washington, whether it's Sam Laporta, whether it's Michael Mayer, whoever it is, will be better than Cole Komet. And that's no shot at Cole Komet because I think Cole Komet is, 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 is a pretty solid tight end. But again, you're not going to take a tight end at nine. It's just not happening. These are great tight ends. Yeah. These might be the greatest tight end class of all time, potentially, but you're not going to take a tight end at nine. They go defense. Now, they could go. They could show that they're all in on Justin Fields. And I tweeted this a couple of days ago, or maybe it was like a day ago, and I and, and one person responded with just complete disgust. And I read, I, I'll read the tweet. Um, I said that the Bears training for DJ Moore is the same as the Eagles training for AJ Brown during the draft last year. Now, Will it result in the Bears going to the Super Bowl this year? No, of course not. It won't result in the Bears going to the Super Bowl. But does it have the potential to boost Fields into the MVP conversation next year? It absolutely does. We're talking about a guy in DJ Moore, as you mentioned, is a lock for at least 1,100 yards a season, four, four touchdowns, and 73 touch, uh, seventy-three catches, four touchdowns, right? When you look at who they have on their offense right now, we're talking Clay's, Ch Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney. Neither of those guys are number one. If I had to pick between the two, how right. I would do I'd pick that. I, I would have Claypool as the two. Yeah. And Darnell Mooney as the speedster. You get a guy in DJ Moore who can go out there and be this number one reliable target for a young Justin Fields who's still developing as a quarterback, which is crazy because he's already super, super talented right now. Yep. This has the potential to turn into on paper as it pertains to Justin Fields' jump from year, what is this, from year two to year three. Right. This has the potential to be that Jalen Hurts-like jump. Right, Jalen Hurts didn't play much. As That's what I advocated for. Right? I said Josh Allen looked different when Stephon Diggs came over. I said, 100%. you know, Jalen Hurts jumped into that conversation. Yeah. Super Bowl MVP, best player in the league you when AJ it. Brown came over. Yeah, man. I, I now as a Packers fan, it's against my religion to talk all these great <laughs> things about the Bears, of course. But I have to call it like I see it. Right, Jalen Hurts didn't play many games as a rookie season. He came in that entire full season. Right. Got the team, the Eagles, that wasn't that good into the wild card, and then they go get A.J. Brown, and now they're a Super Bowl. They're, they're, yep. they're in the Super Bowl, right? Mm -hmm. 
this, I don't, I'm not saying that the Bears are going to be Super Bowl contenders. Of course not, because they have a lot of things to fix primarily defensively. But I do think, though, that the Chicago Bears in an NFC that is in shambles, like yep. were the best team in the NFC that last year lost a lot of pieces in the Philadelphia Eagles. And the other team that may be, that could potentially be the best in the San Francisco 49ers, their number one quarterback is Sam Darnold. And I'm a Sam Darnold yeah. fan, but Sam Darnold is not a world beater. And I, I know he's not, even though I'm a fan. So this NFC is wide open. And I think the Bears this year are going to be with the Lions or last year, a sneaky team that's going to be a tough out. And if they draft well this season, they could potentially sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. And based off... Everything that you had just said there, I, you know, processing that to me, it's like, how do you not go offensive line? Chicago was oh, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I thought they were the most sacked team in the NFL, but, you know, got into the numbers. They were the fourth most sacked team with uh, 58 on Justin Fields. So clearly they want him to last. Like you said, he's very talented. I was very shocked when I actually looked back at the rushing numbers as well. And I was like, damn, this guy was less than 70 yards away from breaking Lamar Jackson's record. Yeah, that's impressive. Uh, yep. Clearly, Justin Fields, you know, ran all over the yard this year. But whether it's, you know, Peter Skaronsky out of I think I said that right, Skaronsky out of Northwestern mm -hmm. or Paris Johnson from Ohio State as well. Paris Johnson, Jr. You got to go out and get one of those guys, right? You want to protect Justin Fields. It starts in the trenches. It ends in the trenches. I've said that anybody that knows football, you can get fancy with the wide receivers and the running backs and the tight ends. But if you have a quarterback and at a bare minimum, a left tackle. Something to bolster him, especially protect his blind side. Blind side excuse me. We know Justin Fields needs that. And again, yep. some are going to be, uh, be leaning Jackson Smith and Jigba. I love JSN out of the draft. Nine would feel kind of high again. That's I feel like a Bijan. Bijan Robinson, like his explosiveness, his speed. I feel like there's a major gap between Bijan and obviously Jameer Gibbs. Some might not agree, but to me, like when I watch the tape, like Bijan's just out of the park, right? Yep. In order to reach for a JSN, I feel like you could still get value later in the first round, second round, third round. We see later receivers in the draft. Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf, not saying they're going to pull one of those guys, yep. but you know, people forgetting again about a Darnell Mooney, about a Chase Claypool, like you mentioned. So with DJ Moore, I think they should chill on receivers Running back would be really, really early at nine. Like, you might piss some fans off with that. So, I think, again, Paris Johnson Jr., get him real comfortable with a guy from Ohio State. Or we know the dogs that come out of Northwestern. Shout out to Guru's Film Room. You put me on notice about those dudes that come out of that part of college football. They defend like no other for the offensive line. Now, last part about here before we move on. Gio, appreciate you jumping in the chat, by the way, man. I know we got Darren Waller to the Giants for a third-round pick. Not on the show tonight. We wanted to get locked in for all the news here. But there's a reason to tune in on Friday. Um, all right. Say this Go too ahead. before we move on because I so the draft order now of course the Panthers are one the Panthers are not going to draft an O lineman the Texans could maybe draft an O lineman maybe um, I think Paris Johnson's the best O lineman in in the draft 100 percent right so we're talking about the Cardinals who could use some O line help. The Colts, while their O-line is still pretty good, I, I don't think they'll go O-line. The Broncos are not in the O-line business because they spent – the Broncos spent the most money so far in free agency. Yep. 90% of that money has come to, to get that O-line together. So oh, yeah. I don't, so the Broncos are not going to be in the They just need a center, and they're straight. Yeah, like the, the, the Broncos aren't going to be in the O-line business. I don't think the Rams are going to be in the O-line business. I think they have other things to worry about, primarily defensively as opposed to the offensive line. And then you've got the Raiders and the Falcons, neither of whom I think also. So, like, if Paris Johnson is on the board at nine, the, the the Bears have to take them. They they absolutely have to take him if he's on the board. It would it would shock it would shock me if if a team takes him takes him off. But I the, the Bears are in a great spot. They're in a great spot for next season. They're in a great spot for next season. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um all right, next part here that we were that we were gonna get into. So the Panthers are now rumored 
to potentially trade down from that nine spot if they see multiple quarterbacks that they like or that they see fit. I, I'm not really with that, but let's start with you, man. Do you think they could trade down? Not, not, not do you think they could trade down and recoup some draft picks, but would this be a wise move with them saying, hey, if there's a few quarterbacks we like? Because I, I think once you get out of the top five, your three, four guys are going to be gone. You know, um, your thoughts, though. So, so again, if you so if we're looking at because the Panthers are one now, so we know the Texans are going quarterback, right? Yeah, hundred percent. So, so that's one guy off the board. I don't. I'd be shocked if the Cardinals go quarterback because I mean I know Kyler's yeah, there's come no up way. He's still, he's they just still young Kyle enough where bag. you can still put around him. So, so Kyler's yeah, coming back, right? The Colts are likely going to go. The, the Colts are likely going to go are going to go quarterback as well. So there's two. The Broncos are the Broncos are set with Russ. They're, they're going all in on Russ to kind of fix Russ. That's why Sean Payton's there. So they're set with Russ, and they yep. pay him all that money. I'm excited so for the Broncos next year. Um, the Rams are an interesting one because Stafford's still there, and I think Stafford's still serviceable. I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback either. The Raiders just got Jimmy G, so they may draft a quarterback. Wild. And the Falcons are only going to draft a quarterback if they don't get Lamar. Um, but even then, they might just go all in on Desmond Ritter because they just got him last season. So theoretically, we're talking about, of course, the Bears at nine now, who would have to have Justin Fields, and the Saints just got Derek Carr for four years, and then the Titans have like it's a while before you. They could trade down theoretically. I wouldn't advise them trading down, but if you look at all the teams, like go down, like the first team I see in the order that I would say they're going to draft a quarterback would be the Commanders at sixteen. Yeah. So theoretically, the Panthers or yeah, the Panthers could afford to trade down within the top fifteen and still be okay. It just mm. all depends on. But I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Because you either if you want to be successful, you really got to depend on the draft best. to fall a certain way to make it worth you, it. You, you're gonna want Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. No, no yeah. shot at Will Levis. No shot at Anthony Richardson. I just right. don't know. Unless the uh, unless the hall is like I can't turn this down. Right. And th that's the only way. But like if they're trading down, you're you're, you're going to have to be trading down and you're going to have to get a lot. Yeah. Th there is I do think there's a bit of space. There's a cushion there just because of the fact that there's a couple there's a lot of teams after them that don't need a quarterback cuz they either just got one in free agency or they already have one. But the Panthers best bet is to just take Stroud or Young at number 1. Like yeah. just just do it. Don't even risk it because here's the thing. Like the Rams could shock us and draft a quarterback. They could. Stafford doesn't have many years ahead of him. Like, they could draft a quarterback. The Falcons could draft a quarterback just to give some competition to Desmond Ritter. Like, the Titans could draft a quarterback, even though they have Malik Willis and Ryan Tannehill. So, like you said, we really don't know for sure what it's going to look like. I'm a Packers fan. I know firsthand. I thought a couple of years ago we weren't going to go quarterback, let alone trade up for Jordan Love. And what did we do? We trade up. We drafted Jordan Love. So, you never really know what these other teams are thinking, even if their quarterback situation seems to be in good shape. If I'm yeah. the Panthers, stay put. I know it seems yep. tempting, but also, like, could you imagine? Have we ever in the history of football <laughs> had two teams trade down from number one? I don't think that's ever happened before. That would be crazy. Yep. I would advise against it, though, even though it seems right now like it is something that you could survive doing. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, and I don't even know if I could say survive because, again, like you said, I mean, if, it, if we're really getting down to it outside of Bryce Young and C.J. Shroud, I'm – not really looking at a franchise quarterback or a guy that I want to take a risk on, you know, at, at any point in the draft, especially that high. So it's got to be either Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Um, and I, you know, I've even got it here. I feel like Richardson Stroud and Young are going to be gone in the top five picks moving around in the top four, I feel like would be the most that they could do. But again, like I know Frank Reich 
or not I know Frank Wright, but we've seen what Frank Wright likes in his quarterbacks, and he's going to want to reach for, or not even reach, but he's going to want to draft a C.J. Stroud. And I just don't think you can hop around and kind of be risky at any point in this draft when, like Alan just said, I had his comment on the screen, you know, the NFC South, it's going to be a bad division. Love my Saints. Like, clearly we see the gear, Derek Carr, all that good stuff. But it's going to be a bad year, right? For them to be able to jump into this spot, kind of mix it up, keep it competitive. Um, We don't know what the Falcons are going to be also. You know, I'm not saying they're going to be great, but um, and, and the same thing with the Bucks. So Carolina really getting to use this to their advantage, I feel like is is definitely something that that they need to take advantage of and realize how advantageous it really is. Like I said, for the first overall, recouping would be recouping. Excuse me, uh, would be necessary considering the talent in this draft. Panthers need an offense like no other. When you go and look at their depth chart, and after trading DJ Moore, uh, you trade first rounders possibly for this year, grab a first for next year, and probably either a second or a third, if not multiples, if someone wants to come and grab that first overall pick from you again. If someone is coming to, going to come grab the first overall pick from the Panthers, I'm seeing probably two first rounders, one this year, maybe one next year, um, or, or more than likely one this year, one next year, probably a second, if not multiple, or a third, if not multiple. We're going to see a bigger haul. Um, you know, for those guys, obviously, to move up in there. But again, I don't I don't think they can be risky, man. You know, they're in a really prime spot. They gave up a haul. Um, I'm not risking it on a Will Levis. I'm just going to put it out there. I think Stetson Bennett, not because I'm a Georgia fan, looked better than Will Levis at the combine. Um, that's, Stetson that's Bennett fair. played I in bigger times, too. I agree. I agree. He, he really did. Anthony Richardson, love what he brings to the table. I see Trey Lance, you know, Josh Allen, Cam Newton all day with a little twist of Lamar Jackson in there. Yeah, yeah. But he's very unrefined. It's yeah. got to be Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. And like I said, based on Frank Wright, Looks like it's going to be C.J. Stroud. Um, y'all get in the chat. Let us know what you think about the Chicago Bears think, trading the first overall pick. Go ahead, man. I think the most shocking thing for me about the Panthers is this is a football team in this lowly NFC South that was a loss from the Buccaneers in Week 17 away from going to the playoffs. Yep. So, like, to send away D.J. Moore was shocking because in my mind you're thinking just draft yourself a quarterback at nine and you're – you're primed to be the best, potentially be the best team in the division. Yep. So Frank Reich's there, though. So, of course, maybe he just wants to get his own guys in there. But the, the Panthers are going to, now that they have the number one pick and they've given up all that they've given up on, the Panthers are going to have to be perfect what they have left for this season. And they're going to have to be perfect for our free agency if they, if they think to bring anyone in because it's going it, – the, the, the margin for error for the Panthers now is so, so very tight because they've given yep. away so many of those picks – and so many of that potentially great talent away to the Chicago Bears. It's going to be tough for the Panthers, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's roll on into a topic here that feels like it could be a quick hitter, nonetheless. The Vikings released Adam Thielen uh, recently, or I think it was a little little more than recently, but this was a, a shocker for me because I personally believe Adam Thielen is maybe the best wide receiver, too, in the NFL, and he was holding down a wide receiver one position. He was him before Justin Jefferson showed up, clearly stole the show, and we've seen um, what Jettis has done. Um, Marcus, give me some landing spots for Adam Thielen after he has been released by the Minnesota Vikings. I think Adam Thielen could end up in New York. And I mean, the Giants, not the Jets. You obviously mm. saw the Netflix splash for Darren Waller. Yeah. That receiver core is empty. It's empty. There's yep. there's nobody there. There's nobody there. D- D- Darren, uh, not Darren, I'm sorry. Daniel Jones threw 15 touchdowns last season with that wide receiver core. I know Adam Thielen's a little bit older, but he you put him on that team, he's automatically the best wide receiver on that team. And that's what, that's what DJ needs. DJ needs a veteran that he can throw the ball to at this point. Um, I don't know. If the Giants will do it, if they do do it, I think that'd be great for them. Um, 
other than the Giants, I mean, I'll be honest, that's really the only team that came to mind. Like, maybe the Cowboys go out there and try to get them. Um, I know yeah. that they're all talking about they, they cleared up a lot of space. They cleared up a lot of space with restructuring Dak's contract and restructuring, I believe, it was Zach Martin's contract as well. So maybe we can see Adam Thielen with a star on his helmet next season. I'd yeah. love that trio of Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, and, and, uh, and, and, and Adam Thielen. I think that, that would be sick. I think that has a potential to be one of the one of the best uh, uh, trios in football. Yep. Um, no disrespect to Quez Watkins, but Quez Watkins is not an Adam Thielen, and I think Adam Thielen, AJ Brown, and, and Devontae Smith could be nice um, if 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 the Eagles want to go that route. There's definitely options. Um, oh yeah, the biggest one to me, I think the one team that would need a guy like Adam Thielen, a hundred percent for sure, is the New York Football Giants mm. because Daniel Jones is throwing the ball to no one, and, I, and that's and I know Sterling Shepard was in with injuries and stuff like that. But right. aside from Sterling Shepard, there, there, there's no one on that roster even can hold a candle to Adam Thielen, even though he is, I think, on the other side of 30 at this point. He's still very, very productive in the right position. I think he'd be very productive in New York for sure. Yeah, yeah. Adam Thielen to the Giants. The only reason I would push back on that, because I feel like he's not a wide receiver one at this point. And I'm not saying he couldn't step back into that, but like putting him in that system with a Daniel Jones that's like, like he he had a good uh, a good season, but yeah. still maybe kind of being borderline to work with a guy like Adam Thielen, you would want it to pay off. That way, it's not you know the finger pointing game. Really, obviously, um, you know Dayball a little early on, not early on, but he he just won Coach of the Year. But being able to work with a guy like Thielen who hasn't worked in a wide receiver one role, you know, still tooling with with Danny Dimes and everything. Allen says here, stupid decision releasing Thielen just goes to show why Minnesota doesn't have any chips. Mm, that's tough for any Minnesota fans out there watching. I think it was a dumb decision as well. And just to double down on that, you look at Adam Thielen. He's only behind Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, and Travis Kelsey. I know I say only, but in terms of receiving touchdowns since 2020 he has 30 of those again only behind Devonte adams tyree kill mike evans and travis kelsey guys who live in the end zone he's had big guys are the 10 are, are three of the 10 best receivers in football so and yep. that's, that says a lot, that says a lot. And, and you can even put kelsey i mean you Kelsey's could probably a top five receiver, receiver. <laughs> <laughs> right right i mean put him in the slot at this point kansas city you don't need a wide receiver just move him out there um we've seen big catches in adam thielen's career you know against my saints in the playoffs multiple times again you know in the regular season in the division against multiple teams um like i said adam thielen was him before justin jefferson showed up and clearly stole the show you look at his 17 and 18 numbers 1300 yards in 2017, almost 1,400 yards in 2018, uh, 14 touchdowns in 2020, 10, 10 touchdowns, excuse me, in 2021. He had nine touchdowns in 2018. So Adam Thielen, again, he's the best wide receiver, too, when you take a look into the NFL at guys that have been consistent year over year. And, you know, I'm just going to rattle off a, a good bit of teams here that I, I really feel like Adam Thielen, you put him in there, he's going to look pretty nice. So we got the Buffalo Bills. I know they got Stephon Diggs, Isaiah McKenzie, Gabe Davis, but I think you put Thielen in there. He kind of eliminates that head-scratching moments or can Davis and McKenzie really do it? And I'm not questioning those guys, but there are still those talks out there about are they really those receivers to work with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and be a part of that receiving core. Um, and Dawson Knox is good too, but you could not go wrong again with an Adam Thielen. You said the New York Giants. I'm going to say the New York Jets. Garrett Wilson, clearly great. We're just waiting for Aaron Rodgers at this point to either confirm what we all know or psych the hell out of everybody and not go to the Jets. But either way, Adam Thielen to the Jets would be fantastic. I'd like to see a tight end possibly over there with um, – excuse me, the Jets as well. But nonetheless, uh, Adam Thielen would play a great role. I'm going to say the Saints as well because we know that there's a Chris Olave. We know that there's a Rashid Shahid. Don't know about Jarvis Landry. Yes, we have Michael Thomas coming back. That's going to be in the next show on a $10 million deal. I'm not, I'm, I really don't care about that. 
I'm glad I didn't buy his jersey. Kamara's is on the wall for a reason. I know he might be serving a suspension, but I am not banking on Michael Thomas having any significant production for the New Orleans Saints, and I'm tired of taking the bait. I really am. I was I was personally pissed when I saw I would have rather taken that money and signed Adam Thielen. Love you can't guard Mike, but you haven't been on the field, and I think Adam Thielen would be a nice piece next to Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid. Um, Derek Carr, I feel like, would be comfortable with him as well. Oh, yeah. I would say the Ravens, but again, the Ravens need every type of receiver, so I'm not going to trust him to be in the wide receiver one role. I do like with the Steelers, though, possibly. George Pickens probably going to solidify that wide receiver one type of thing. Pratt Fryermuth kind of trying to make his way in that receiving aspect, but nonetheless is a solid player, so plugging Thielen in there as well. I'd say the Browns also next to Amari Cooper working with Deshaun Watson. The Jags, I'm kind of advocating for everyone to go to the Jags, whether you're um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, whether you're Adam Thielen, whether whether you're, you know, just a, a fire running back on the market to, to compliment Travis Etienne. Um, excuse me, I actually did have the Giants on here, which surprises me because I don't know why, but you said the point, so I'll <laughs> leave it there. And then the Commanders as well. Commanders will be solid for, um, you know, for someone to go to. Clearly, they have Dotson, they have Scary Terry. And again, Adam Thielen, wide receiver two role. Really love what he brings. Big catches, great hands, great routes, and just very, very respectable. Do you feel like Minnesota's going to, really feel this departure like again i know they have justin jefferson um they traded for a tj hawkinson which i really hope continues to elevate for them do you think they feel that departure of adam thielen one of the most consistent guys in the nfl so no <laughs> simply because where they're drafting if they draft a wide receiver at 20 it's technically 23 because the dolphins will have a first round pick because they got it taken away for not being able to handle business professionally right where they're drafting at 24, they could take a receiver there and be okay. Now, yeah. that is simply because of the fact that I don't think they're going to go running back because I, originally I thought that Dalvin Cook was on his way out. It looks like he's actually going to be staying. And so if Dalvin Cook is going to be on the God, because that would have been the worst cut of the offseason if they would have let go of it, Dalvin it, Cook, It, it would have been a money thing, which I mean, I guess you I, right. I understand it that but, way. But also, like, I don't get at it. 24. He's one of the few bell cow backs left in the league. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. Like, like, get in between the tackles, like, no excuses, Dalvin. I think at 24, you'd be lucky to see Bijan on the on the roster still at 24. I mean, it could happen, but I think you'd be lucky, and you'd be looking at Jameer Gibbs Very possibly. Good. Nothing yeah. wrong with Jameer Gibbs, but as you mentioned earlier, Jameer Gibbs is the second-best running back in the, in the draft, but the gap between two and one is just so big. Yeah, it's huge. Because Bijan Robinson's the clearly bought far and away the best running back in football. Yep. Draft. Whoever drafts running back first, if it's not B. John Robinson on that ticket, they're the dumbest organization in the draft this year. Because it has to be, <laughs> Agreed, brother. Not be B. John. So I think they'll be okay if they go running or wide receiver, whether it's uh, whether it's Josh Downs, whether it's Zay Flowers, or whether it's um, JSN. Obviously, I don't know if they'll be there by then, but if it's JSN, whether it's uh, what's that other guy's name I love so much, Jordan Addison, like whoever one of those guys it is, I think they'll be okay. Right. But they should have never let him go to begin with. But, again, I think that's also a money thing. That's just the unfortunate part of the business. If they go yeah. through this without replacing Adam Thielen, though, you're asking a lot out of TJ Hawkinson. Because there's not – And a lot out of Kirk. There's not many tight ends in football this year in, in the league right now that is capable of being a reliable 1B or second option to whoever the wide receiver is. There's only one right. tight end in football that's capable of being the number one option. That's obviously Travis Kelsey because he's the best tight end in football. But, like – once you get past a George Kittle, once you get past a healthy Darren Waller, once you get past a Mark Andrews to a less degree, who he's the number one option, but that's just because Baltimore can't drive wide receivers. Like, T.J. Hawkinson, I don't think, is on the level to fill that gap to be 
the second option behind Justin Jefferson. So the Vikings have to have to have to have to draft a wide receiver this year, or they're just stupid. Oh man, I'm trying to recover for some random allergy bug. I don't even know it's about oh, yeah. to happen. Oh, here it comes. <laughs> Any <coughs> Lord. Anybody that knows me watching this show knows that like I don't just sneeze in yeah. ones, man. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You take the mic for a second. I need to clean up. No, you're good. You're absolutely good. I So I don't know what's – here, I'll just run on to – You can just continue on with Thielen real quick, bro. With Thielen? Okay. I mean, there is one There is one team I think that uh, while you were talking I thought about too that I think might be a little bit interesting just because of kind of how things are going. I'd be interested to see Adam Thielen um, – in, in Atlanta, I think Drake. I think Drake London. I think he has that number one job locked up. I'd like to see. I think it'd be nice to see Adam Thielen down there. The the the, the Falcons seem to be kind of going this, bringing some vets to help the young guys route. They obviously just traded for Jonu Smith, a seventh round pick for Jonu Smith. They already have Kyle Pitts, obviously. So I think Smith is there to kind of help mentor Kyle Pitts. I think bringing in Adam Thielen could do the same thing for Drake London. They kind of <laughs> Drake kind of reminds me of Adam Thielen. They're they're, they're similar builds, um, and 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 they're both skilled similarly so like that's the only other place i could see him going that's yeah. a long shot and that only depends on whether or not the falcons think and i know they said they haven't but this is lying season in the nfl and people say things to kind of get things off the radar if the falcons change their mind and decide to go for lamar i could see them maybe also trying to go get adam thielen so that they have he has another person to throw the ball to other than just drake london yeah yeah hey thielen thielen in atlanta i think would be really solid like you said next to drake london you've got a kyle pitts um some people might not really care about the john U. smith move but i i still think he's very serviceable whether you want him to block he's got speed he's going to be able to counter you know like i said a drake london to kyle pitts if adam thielen came in um that would that would be really clutch for sure let's go ahead and get into the first sponsor break of the show ladies and gentlemen thank y'all so much this is episode 11 we are just getting started here plenty of content on the back end i'm here with gtp marcus that's where you can find him on all social media from the goat talk podcast please like the stream wherever you're at let's get to a ton of likes on the stream tonight if you're on facebook youtube twitch or twitter please subscribe if you're on youtube hit the bell you'll never miss a post and check out the qr code that's in marcus's part of the screen scan that for every bit of content if you can't at the NFL with AJL on all social media platforms. If you can't find me, you're just not looking hard enough. Please leave us a review also on all podcast platforms. And without further ado, like we mentioned, the NFL free agency time has been insane. We had to leave some things off of the lineup here, but we're still going to get into some things that have happened. In the 2023 NFL free agency period, and we'll take it off the top. We're going to be giving some grades here. The Chargers cleared $40 million in cap space. They signed Eric Kendricks. Might not be a lot for people to think of. Give me your grade on that, Marcus, as we go through some noteworthy NFL free agency signings. It's so underwhelming, but also like extremely on brand for the Chargers. Right. I, I mean, <laughs> the Chargers issue isn't pass defense. The Chargers issue is run defense and Eric Eric Kendricks is a versatile linebacker for sure. I don't know if Eric Kendricks being I don't know if Eric Eric, Eric Kendricks being on this team is going to make a difference because the one thing that all every star player, every player on the Chargers defense in general has in common, it's not being able to stay on the field. Eric Kendricks over the past year or so has had a lot of lingering inj injuries, it hasn't kept them off the field for an extended period of time, but he is getting older and the Chargers are slowly but surely <laughs> building and bringing in one of the oldest defenses in football. Yeah. Um, they have Khalil Mack. They've got Joey Bosa, 
who teased with Nick about him potentially leaving LA to go to San Francisco. I know it. Ridiculous if he did that. But right. Derwin James is getting older. He's missed a potential amount of time. Like they, it's it's a good defense for sure. And I like the move for them as far as just adding depth to that linebacker position. So I'll give it a C. I don't know if it moves the needle. Really is why I'm giving it a C. I don't hate it. I don't love it. He, 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 he's a good player. It's not anything against Eric. I just don't know if this moves the needle in a division that hopefully this season is what it was supposed to be last season, which is the best in football. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give this uh, free agency move a B. Like we mentioned, the Chargers cleared $40 million in cap space, signed Eric Kendricks. He had a 61 PFF grade last season, so not good, unfortunately. But now you look at the Chargers defense, like you said, they have Eric Kendricks, they have Kyle Van Noy, they have Khalil Mack, they have Tranquil at the linebacker position, J.C. Jackson that everyone was freaking out about last year, the young and Asante Samuel. They have Bryce Callahan, who at once was really good for Denver, Derwin James, Nick Bosa. You want to see excuse me, some help out of these guys, clearly, especially talking about a Derwin James and a Nick Bosa um, there on the defense. But they're doubling down on good defensive players in free agency, just like they did last year when they you know, stole the show with a Khalil Mack with a J.C. Jackson. So I'm going to give this one a B. Now we got Patrick Peterson to the Steelers. And knowing that P2 is still performing at this high of a level at 33, give me your grade on Patrick Peterson to the Steelers. A plus, A plus, A plus, A plus, A plus, A plus, A plus. <laughs> Anyone who knows me knows that after the Packers, I love the Steelers, and it's mostly to do with Mike Tomlin. This is a defense that a couple years ago was the worst Steelers defense we'd ever seen because they couldn't stop the code, they couldn't stop the run, they couldn't stop the pass, they couldn't stop me from running 100 yards if I felt like it. Um, you bring in Pat Pete, like you said, he is older, but he's still producing at a very high to – it's productive. He's being efficient. This is still a pretty young defense, right, and they're going to keep bringing in that young defense. This is a football team. I've been saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it. I'm going to keep saying it until someone listens to me. This is a football team that is very young offensively, but has a lot of experience defensively. And if this defense can be the key for them, sorry, I slammed my table and my light fell. Uh, if, if this defense, can, if the defense can be the key for them winning football games, that takes off so much pressure off of Kenny Pickett, who's going to be in his second year. It takes off so much pressure off of George Pickens, so much pressure off of Deontay Johnson, off of Najee Harris, because this offense isn't that great. It's because of the O-line, but it's still not that great. There's talent, but the O-line sucks. I love the Patrick Peterson. When you talk about having a vocal leader on the football field for you, one of the first guys whose names should come up in that conversation is Patrick Peterson. He, he was that for the Cardinals. He was that for the Vikings. He's going to be that for the Steelers, and it's going to be a game changer in a division that might not be the best division in football like we expect the AFC West to be, but it's the toughest and the most physical division in football, and when you you when you need physicality, you call Patrick Peterson. That's why the, that's why the Cardinals had him. That's why the Vikings took him, and that's why the Steelers have him now. Physicality and vocal leadership. I love this move by the Steelers. Me too. Gonna give it an A plus 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 plus, like you said as well, Alan. I see your comment there. We'll get to it in just a second. We'll actually grade that one for you if you stick around. So you look at Patrick Peterson. He was second in the league last year with five interceptions. He was also tied for fifth in the NFL in pass breakups as well. And it was big for them to get P two because Pittsburgh had just lost Sutton to the Lions, who signed a nice deal, which really hurt. Um, Pittsburgh secondary. You look at his PFF grade, 80.5 grade at 33 years old. To me, is very impressive. That that feels elite for a 33-year-old corner in the NFL that's went through a couple of teams now. 82.5 PFF coverage grade in 2022 was the second best of his personal career. And you get durability with Patrick Peterson at the end of the day. Over 12 seasons, he's only missed 10 total games. You put him next to Minka Fitzpatrick, who is regarded as maybe the best safety in the NFL. You get a blue-chip defensive player now on a nice defensive culture. 
And now with Devin McCourty announcing his retirement, Patrick Peterson and his former teammate Harrison Smith are the current active interceptions leaders with 34 apiece. But let me pitch this one to you, Marcus. We got to answer this for Alan here. He says... Atlanta got Taylor Heineke out of Washington today. Do y'all think there will be a good competition between him and Desmond Ritter? And who starts at quarterback? Alan, thank you so much for the comment, man. Take it away, Marcus. The senator should start. I think he should. <laughs> the senator. <laughs> Is that what they're calling him? Yeah, he's the better quarterback. I love, uh, him. I, love I, him. I agree. That I will agree with. He's very fun to like, watch. Here's the thing. I One of the things that annoys me the most about the current state of the NFL at the quarterback position for young guys specifically, is this incessant need to get these young guys started because of where they were picked or because they're a first rounder? Because, like in the case of Trey Lance, it's a third round pick and we traded for this guy. Like, if you're not ready, you're not ready. Here's the here's the skinny. Desmond Ritter was not the starter over Marcus Mariota. Taylor Heineke is better than Marcus Mariota. This is simple math. Here. Like, this is simple math. Taylor Heineke, if if, if Desmond Ritter couldn't take the job for Marcus Mariota heading into last season, why on earth would I think that Desmond Ritter can take the job from Taylor Heineke heading into this season? And Taylor Heineke's better than Marcus Mariota. Now, the only way that I can think that Taylor Heineke isn't the starter is if he signed this deal under the understanding that he's humming to be the backup, similarly to what the Steelers did with Mitchell Trubisky last season. You guys remember, they signed him, but they said, hey, look, if there's a quarterback on the board that we like, we're going to take him but you're still, we're still going to bring you in. You may or may not be the starter. Now, if that was the verbiage that was used from the Steelers, or sorry, from the Falcons to uh, Taylor Heineke upon signing, then that's different. If it's not, if it's just you can come in, Taylor Heineke should be the starter. It doesn't hurt Desmond Ritter to sit and learn from a guy like Taylor Heineke. He's not one of the best. He's not one of the best of the best of the best of the best, of course, but he's still a pretty good quarterback. Last night, check, I think he has a winning record as a quarterback. He's been to the playoffs. Um, yep. So he has that experience. He's been around the league a bit, but he has that experience. He's a really good. He's a really good quarterback. And the Falcons are just like the Commanders. This is a young football team with yep. no with with no true direction right now. They're just trying to get it together and figure it out. And we saw the energy that Taylor Heineke brought to the Commanders. He'll bring that exact same energy to the Falcons. Taylor Heineke should be the starter over Desmond Ritter. But if Desmond Ritter just outright beats him, then he just outright beats him. But Taylor Heineke's the better quarterback. He should be the starter. I agree. And Alan does as well. Agreed. He should be the starter. Taylor Heineke deserves his respect. Yeah, he I really like his play style and like he he's not going to be the best decision maker. Right. Like you look at his stats, you know, last year, 12 touchdowns, six picks, um, 1800 yards. I, I, you know, obviously got, you know, traded around a little bit and everything with with the way things happen. It's funny. I didn't even know that he was with the Panthers and the Texans beforehand. Mm -hmm. um, but with the commanders in his big season, you know, 2021, 3400 yards, 20 touchdowns, 15 picks. That's about on par with I feel like what the Falcons are going to be able to reach for at this moment, unless they are going all in on a guy like Lamar Jackson, which would be really nice to see. But I'm not buying the whole Lamar Jackson to Atlanta. There's a plethora of reasons why I don't think it would work, but we'll save that for another time. Um, yeah, I mean, Taylor Heineke is a baller. You know, he can make some great throws. He can move around nicely in the pocket. And like you said, he's been to the playoffs. He's had, you know, been with a commander's team. Um, might not have been the best showing or the best, you know, situations being in. But considering what he's coming into Atlanta for, I think he's going to serve a decent role. I'm not saying this guy's going to rally off, take him deep into the playoffs. But if he's playing impressive and Atlanta's able to give you fits in certain types of games, get creative with the schemes with Taylor Heineke, move outside of the pocket, you know, just get mobile like we've seen Heineke do before, it will definitely be interesting uh, to take a look at. So, after we had Patrick Peterson, we had the Bears cleaning 
up free agency. Ryan Poles definitely being the man to love in Chicago right about now. They are spending a check on that linebacker room. They got Tremaine Edmonds on a fat deal, and they also brought in C.J. Edwards from that Super Bowl defense in the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you think about this one, Marcus? What's your grade? Them together is an A. Yep. Together, it's an A. Yep. Separately, go I for it. DJ Edwards and A, I give Tremaine the Tremaine Edmonds one like a, a C plus. I Tremaine Edmonds has had some ups and some downs in his career. He's still a great. He, he is still solid. These two guys together, I think, finally replaces or will at least attempt to replace the production that we saw specifically from Roquan Smith. Obviously, because he's not there anymore. I the bro the Bears as again, it's against my religion as a Packers fan to say all these nice things about the Chicago Bears, the Bears, but. The Bears are doing what they got to do, bro. Like, the Bears sat back. They watched, as we all did. They watched the Philadelphia Eagles and Howie Roseman go all in. We saw them get C.J. Gardner-Gonson, of course, for the Eagles did last season. We saw them go get James Bradbury. They did all this stuff, and the Bears are like, we might not make it to the Super Bowl because we're not there yet. But this is clearly the formula when you have a young guy that goes out and proves that he can do it. Look at what Justin Fields did. I don't want to go back to this too much, but look at what he did this year. He yep. showed, like you said earlier, 70 yards away. From Lamar. I think it was 64 was, yards to be yeah, exact. It's crazy. Record. And his O-line sucks. Yeah. Could you imagine the investment? <laughs> his O-line was bad, his dog. His O-line was terrible. You thought yeah. Joe Burrow's O-line was bad. Go right. check out what Chicago is putting on the field on a week-to-week basis in that front yep. five. Like, the Bears, this move I think is really good. It's it, These are two solid players. One, a guy that's been to a Super Bowl in TJ Edwards and a guy now in Tremaine Edmonds who's been around the league enough where he knows what to do. And they're both solid players. The Bears are going all in on both sides of the ball. This is what you – Baltimore, this is what you do <laughs> when you have a young quarterback yep. that proves he can do it. You yep. surround him with pieces offensively. You surround him with pieces defensively. You make the risks that no, that no one thinks you should miss. This is how you set up your young quarterback for success. The Eagles showed us the group, the blueprint to do so last season, resulted in an appearance to the Super Bowl. The Bears, again, they're probably not gonna they're not gonna make it to the Super Bowl this year, but they're gonna be a playoff team. And a lot of that has to do with what they're doing. This move defensively, I love it. I give it an A. Yeah, I'm gonna give it an A as well, man. No question about it. I mean, when you look at what Tremaine Edmonds has done and what TJ Edwards did for the Eagles last year, despite what one of pe- what people want to say, excuse me, talking about the 2023 NFL free agency craziness with GTP Marcus here on the NFL with AJL episode 11. And when I look at them after they signed Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards, I'm like, damn, if only they still had those Roquan Smith, the Khalil Max, the Robert Quinns of the world that they once did have in their possession. But Chicago again continues to build that linebacker legacy, and we remember when. When they had contract talks that stalled last year over Roquan Smith. I feel like that might have got to them because then he goes and signed a $100 million extension with the Baltimore Ravens. You look, though, Chicago just gave Tremaine Edmonds more guaranteed money than Roquan Smith, but also packaged in and afforded, um, excuse me, Edwards for less than the totality of Roquan Smith himself when he was there with the Bears and basically what oh, Roquan yeah. was asking for. Oh, yeah. You got two linebackers for the price of one in Roquan Smith. And some people obviously like maybe the two of them don't equate to one player. We know Roquan is in an elite category. We saw it from Georgia all the way to him with being with Baltimore now. But knowing that they were able to make the money stretch like that, again, Ryan Poles, he's the man in the room right now. Like he is really making things happen. Um, and Bears fans should be happy about this. Again, you look at Edmonds, he's 6'5", 250 pounds, really regarded for his coverage ability. And he had five pass breakups just in the playoffs this year for Buffalo. 
79 overall PFF grade, so he's really not far off from his new teammate in TJ Edwards, who graded higher than that. You look at TJ Edwards' money as well. He has the 17th highest salary for an off-ball linebacker, which is a steal considering what they're actually getting out of him. He defended seven passes in 2020, which is the most in his career, talking about the linebacker out of Philadelphia. The entire Bears linebacker room combined for that same number last year, seven pass breakups, including Roquan Smith, when it was prior to him being traded. And according to PFF, looking at TJ Edwards, he was the sixth best linebacker overall and ninth best in coverage as well. He's just now getting into his prime, it feels like, too, at 26 years old, coming off a Super Bowl appearance with that Eagles defense. Um, and again, I know people are going to say, oh, the schedule, you know, what did or didn't happen with them. TJ Edwards did his job. Tremaine Edmonds got the bag coming over from the Eagles and the Buffalo Bills to the Chicago Bears. It's going to be an A for me as well. The 49ers, as if they couldn't get any more damn defensive linemen, they bring in Javon Hargrave, who at 30 years old had 11 sacks again off of that Philadelphia Eagles defense. They bring in Darnold also to back up Lance and Purdy. Talking about the 49ers here, give me a grade, and uh, I think we have the right to go individual. I know you like Sam, but I'm not going to be too nice to him in this one, man. I give it an A+. Plus. I, I'm going to be honest. Call that a hot take. <laughs> I think Sam Darnold's going to be the starter week one. I just do. I, I cannot, We're talking about a guy in Sam Darnold who has a lot of – he has a lot of – NFL experience to this point. Well, yeah, right? I, I, I don't even know. I'd the, say the ghosts, that's hot take. The, the goats, the goats, the, the, you know, the ghosts scared him out of New York. I get it. And, and he had mono and all that other stuff. And I just, when I look at this, right, this is where I'm at with the 49ers. And I, I've been on shows that are specifically for 49ers fans and I got blasted for it. But that's because 49ers fans are stubborn and they want to hear the truth. Here's the truth <laughs> Prey Lance might not be it. Like, he right. just might not. Yep. He, he might not. He, we have yet to see. And I know, obviously, he 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 was it broke his ankle or broke his foot this season. I know that, and yeah. I know they didn't play much last season or, or the season before that. But Trey Lance, we don't we still don't know if Trey Lance is the answer. We nope. keep assuming that because he's more talented than Jimmy G on paper, because he has a strong arm, because he can do things with his legs and all this other stuff, and because we've seen guys like Josh Allen be successful with the Bills, we've seen guys like Pat Mahomes be successful with the Chiefs. With following that model, we think that Trey Lance is the answer. He's not the answer. So it seems so far. Brock Purdy is more of an answer than Trey Lance is at this moment. Because As Purdy Allen just played, said. Because he played. And here's the thing. If if the freak accident doesn't happen on that first play of the game for, for, for the uh, uh for, for the 49ers, where his arm just pops out of where it's supposed to be on a freak accident like that, Brock Purdy could have won that game for the Eagles. We could talk, we could talk about like a very completely different situation for the 49ers. I, maybe Sam Donald won't be the starter. But I think he has a stronger case right now just on injury of being the starter because yeah. we've seen what he can do. We we forget. And I know it's Sam Darnold is easy to pick on him, and I'm sure you're going to turn him shreds, but I, I defend Sam Darnold. We forget that when Christian McCaffrey was healthy, when when Sam first got to Carolina last season and when everyone was healthy, they were 3-0. Mm -hmm. Then Christian McCaffrey got hurt, and they lost that close game to the Cowboys, and that's when things all kind of fell away from, from that point on. Sam Darnold, with, when everything around him is going well. And when like he Matt Ryan. Just like Matt Ryan, he can succeed. We forget Sam Donald, of all the quarterbacks that we saw start for the Panthers this season, Sam Donald won the most games. In yep. those games, the Panthers scored the most points. They scored the most touchdowns in those games. He had the higher passer rating of all the quarterbacks that started games yep. for, the, for the Panthers this season. So it's easy to crap on Sam Donald because his, his career hasn't been what I think a lot of people may have thought it was going to be when he came out. When he came right. out. But <clears throat> right now, 
when you look at how this offense is constructed, and we always like to praise Kyle Shanahan for taking the ball out of the quarterback's hands in big-time moments and limiting the amount of decisions that the quarterback has to make, this this is the perfect storm that Sam Darnold needs. And if Sam Darnold is the starter, I, I personally, just because I've actually seen Sam Darnold play good football when everything around him was working, I, I, I think Sam Darnold is better equipped to be the starter right now. That doesn't yeah. mean he's going to be. I think he should be. Brock Purdy could take the job from him. Trey Lance can be healthy, and of course he'll they'll give him the job. He's they traded for him, and he's the third overall pick. I get that, but all that aside, just looking at it on paper, looking at what we've seen all these three guys do in similar situations, if I have to pick, this conversation is really between Donald or Brock Purdy. Yeah, and I give the edge to Sam Donald because he has a little bit more experience, which doesn't mean too much because they're both young, but he he's not a bad quarterback. That's all I'm saying. He's not a bad quarterback. Allen says here he just put us a nice comment in the chat. He goes. I'm convinced the Panthers' front office this season were replaced by bots hiring <laughs> Frank Reich and the quarterback carousel. Good lord, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, we. I, I don't know if you were around for the first topic, Alan, but yeah, I mean, just talking about like how do they not go, you know, quarterback? I mean, if they don't, it will be a true reflection of the front office. Um, ooh, didn't mean to. How do I undo that? I don't like that. Okay, let's take that off. There we go. What did he say? What did you say, Darby? I was trying to pull you up. I have a gut feeling Trey Lance is a bust. I don't think he's a bust. But when you draft a college quarterback that didn't even throw, I don't even think he threw 500 collegiate passes. He hasn't no, he, even thrown 150 NFL passes. Or excuse me, I don't think he's even completed 150 NFL passes. So like there's just, they just took a big swing and it, it just hasn't paid off yet. So that, yes, will translate to a bust. But, and, and I know it might kind of sound funny when I get into it like that, but there just wasn't enough of Trey Lance yet to be seen. So I guess I'm kind of kind of showing mercy here. Um, on the Niners, you you did talk it up well for for uh, for Sam Darnold, and I guess you guys over at Give a Shot just you know really find ways to make these quarterbacks I don't like sound good because Jerm did it on last episode <laughs> with Daniel Jones. You're doing it today with Sam Darnold. I originally had an F down for Sam Darnold, but I'll move it up to about a C plus roughly because you did say you were right about the three and zero with the Panthers. I think there were more reasons outside of why they fell off after the three and zero, and I do believe that was a reflection of Sam Darnold. But I do remember how everyone was talking about it at that point in the season, and it was impressive at the time uh but javon hargrave again 30 years old 11 sacks which is the most in a season for him and what was crazy to look at over his seven years in the nfl excuse me the six years he had in the league walking into this year before the eagles went to the super bowl he had 26 and a half sacks in total in his career he comes off peels off 11 in his 30 years of age which was very impressive 16 quarterback hits 10 tackles for loss and a pair of fumble recoveries as well he had a 17.2 pass rush win rate when he was lined up on the interior, which ranked third in the NFL, only behind Chris Jones and the Texans player Malik Collins. Um, and, and and nothing further on Sam Darnold. Like I said, you you clearly put it out there. I'm going to give an A for Javon Hargrave because he was clearly a force, and I'm going to give a C plus for the hiring of Sam Darnold. Now the Atlanta Falcons made some impressive moves in free agency, and I mean they had the money to spend so. Or not, uh, not really why not do it because they did need these players. They got depth. They got a star. Uh, they got reliable guys. They pick up Jesse Bates. They signed the New Orleans Saints former players, David Onyemata, who was on the defensive line, Caden Ellis, who's in the linebacker room, and they pick up what feels like a long lost tail in Jonu Smith as well. What is your grade? And I know this is a lot, but as a package, because I know that's why the Falcons picked them up as a package, what's your grade for this haul for Atlanta and free agency? I think it's, hey, this is a young team with a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of holes a yep. lot of holes i cannot overstress the number of holes 
this team has. And they filled some of it. I think Jesse Bates to the Falcons is up there with one of the best free agent signings we've seen all season, excluding like this whole period, excluding the trade and things, just strictly signing a player. I think this is one of the best. He's a vet um, on that from that Bengals team that's obviously been to straight AFC Championship games and been to a Super Bowl. Um, it's unfortunate for the Bengals, of course, but massive, huge. Again, I talked earlier about Pat Peterson being a emotional, vocal leader on the field for a lot of young guys. Jesse Bates, while he's not that old, is old in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. He's not that old, but he's old in Atlanta. Being yeah. that emotional, vocal guy with an experience of two eighth conference title games and a Super Bowl appearance, this is the place to be for Jesse Bates. I love it for Jesse. I love it for the Falcons. Let's make it happen. Yes, Jesse Bates was a fantastic pickup. Just going through the chat here a little bit. Wesley actually dropped a gem. Savage play by Frank Reich to burn the Colts by picking the quarterback they want. That would be legendary, and I will definitely be bringing that up if it happens on draft night. Alan said, Trey Lance hasn't gotten his feet wet yet. Agreed, so it's really hard to tell. Basically what I was seconding here, but I can tell you I don't think he is the guy. Darby rattles off and says, Falcons said, if we can't beat the Saints, let's become the Saints. And I couldn't agree more. Let's really quick talk about why the Drew Brees jer- jersey is on me and on the wall tonight. Shout out to Michael Darby, who is always in the chat and on the show with us, the gentleman who I just pulled up on the screen. Today is actually the two-year anniversary, unfortunately, of Drew Brees announcing his retirement with his children sitting on his couch that he therefore posted on Instagram. And thus started uh, the the Jameis Winston, the Taysom Hill, uh, Sean Payton leaving short after, shortly afterwards era. But now we're here with Derek Carr. Uh, as soon as Darby told me that, I was like, you know what? The jersey's got to go on tonight. We've had some Saints news. I haven't been repping the attire. Uh, and I hope everything's well with Kamara as well. I don't agree with what he did, obviously, on Pro Bowl weekend. But nonetheless, I, I want to see him return to that form. Um, and I just got it. I hope Dennis Allen can can do something right this year. But yeah, Darby, they're taking all of our players, aren't they? Uh, I'm going to give an A for this as well. Jesse Bates has only missed two games in his five-year career. And when you look at how the Falcons have dealt with the DeMonte Casey, have dealt with some corners, some other safeties that were consistently getting injured time over time, you look for durability in those positions and they're definitely going to get that here. Um, 16 million poor, uh, excuse me, 16 million per year for Jesse Bates will actually land him among the top five highest paid safeties in the NFL. They have plenty of cap space available. And you look at the fact that they're actually putting a lot of that contract in year one. So they're wanting to pay this off rather wanting this to pay off, excuse me, rather quickly. And you look at the fact that he's going to be next to AJ Terrell. Now a guy that was doing pretty well in his early years in the NFL. I think he was the second or third most targeted corner in the league when he was a rookie. So clearly his numbers looked rough there, but as he's went over the years, of being in the league, he's looked very solid. So having a Jesse Bates next to him is definitely going to be advantageous. And like I said, he'll be able to mentor him. Speaking of Jesse Bates, ball hawk, elite single high safety. We've seen what he's done in the NFL. He's had three interceptions in four of his five years, and he even had four interceptions in this past year with eight pass breakups. And now you look at the third-year safety, Richie Grant, that the Falcons had brought in. They're going to be able to get him to play more of that strong safety role closer into the box, maybe playing more up on the blitz. That's more comfortable for Richie Grant. As far as Onyemata, he's a hit or miss. Um, He is going to provide some depth, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to steal the show. He might make a couple of plays the season, but don't make on anything major from there. I'm still a fan of Johnny Smith. Uh, his best days clearly are gone, but he will be he will be useful in Atlanta on the opposite side of a Kyle Pitts, whether it's going to be blocking, receiving, clearly having a counterpunch for Drake London, whatever other pieces that they decide to bring in for the offense. But Caden Ellis is a major, major, major steal for Atlanta. This guy only played um, 
excuse me, this guy only started in 11 games, came up with seven sacks. He played in all 17 games this year, but this one just really bothers me. Uh, he forced a pair of fumbles as well, and he did well in his coverage opportunities, but knowing that we let him get away for what he got away for, knowing how valuable he was for us, I had said Caden Ellis was potentially going to be a package piece in this NFL draft before we signed Derek Carr. I said, hey, package Michael Thomas, who we clearly just signed because he wants to play with Derek Carr. Package Caden Hellis, who just went to the to the Falcons. Take this year's first overall pick that you got from Sean Payton and package next year's first and go up and get a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud. Clearly that didn't happen and we signed Derek Carr. But Caden Ellis being involved in this was the reason, or excuse me, um, Caden Ellis getting this contract with the Falcons was because of how he played with the Saints. And because if I played with the Saints is the reason I thought that they could have used him for package in the NFL draft. And, you know, you just look at the fact that he was a solid run defender, unexpectedly potent as a pass rusher as well, coming up with the seven sacks as well. Overall, I'm going to give this an A for the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the Broncos, like you said, before we get out of the free agency topic, ladies and gentlemen, the Broncos signed Mike McGlinchey, Ben Powers for the O-line, and they bring in Zach Allen for the defensive line as well. Sean Payton is out there spending that Walmart money like it's no problem. Give me your grade for this last free agency. Well, it's not going to be the last free agency signing, but for this free agency signing, Marcus. I'm going to be completely honest with you, bro. I don't care. And the reason you did why that. I, you waited, you waited until I picked up the water to drop that line. <laughs> no, you did. The reason why I don't care is because <laughs> anything that matters in Denver right now is whether or not Russell Wilson is cooked. That's all that matters. I don't think he's coming. Like, he might not be, but I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it now, and it's live on, on the NFL with AJL. I said That's right. last year, when the, when the, around this time last year, when, the, when Russell Wilson was traded to the Broncos, I said the Broncos are going to miss the playoffs, and they missed the playoffs. And I, I said got they were going to be very wishy-washy last year. I got, I got yelled at by Steezy. I got yelled at by Justin. And all these other people tell me that the Broncos are Super Bowl contenders. They were sitting at home. The Denver Broncos are still not Super Bowl contenders. They're still at best the third to best team in the division. Mm. And they're still only a wild card team. So, yeah. look, I think Ben Powers is fantastic. I think Mike McGlinchey is fantastic as well. I think uh, I can't remember his name. I know you just said it, but my Zach Allen. Zach Allen. I think he's a. I think. I think. These are good pickups, of course. I'm not saying these are bad pickups. But the only thing that matters in Denver is Russell Wilson, whether or not he's cooked or not. That's all that matters. Like, yeah. that's all that matters. You you, you, you could go get – I don't care who you go get. They could have gotten anybody. They can sign Odell tomorrow and trade for D-Hop the day after. <laughs> like, if Russ is cooked, it doesn't matter who is on the roster, bro. It doesn't matter who is on the roster. Like, I, I am officially done with this narrative. That you go and you get a veteran quarterback, and all of a sudden you're a Super Bowl contender. Look, Tom Brady is an anomaly is an anomaly because he's the goat, and Matt Stafford is also an anomaly because the Rams built a really great roster around Jerry Goff, and it just didn't work. They went out, they go get a guy who's top ten, they win a Super Bowl. Like Russell Wilson could be cooked. I'm not saying he is. I'm saying he could be, and I'm saying the last time we saw Russell Wilson play professional football, he didn't look like a top ten quarterback in football. He didn't look yeah. like a top fifteen quarterback in football either. Yeah. There's a lot of issues going on in Denver. And I don't know if Ben Powers, Mike Boglinchy, and Zach Allen are the answers. I don't know if Sean Payton's the answers. I know that's what John Elway and the Denver and the Denver Broncos organization think, and they have to think that because they need to continue to think that paying Russell, trading for Russell Wilson, and then extending talk about Russell a haul there the way that they did 
is worth it. You can't get out of this. Nope. So they have to. They are, they are throwing wet paper towels at the wall, <laughs> trying to figure out what stick. I can't say what I want to say because you promised me to not. But you know, what I'm like they are just <laughs> yeah. throwing things at the wall and seeing what's going to stick. Yeah. And so far, the latest thing they're throwing on the wall, they've already thrown Sean Payton on the wall. We're going to see if that's going to stick. Now they're throwing Ben Powers and Mike McGinty and Zach Allen on the wall. They're going to see if that's going to stick to do whatever it takes to fix Russell Wilson. Maybe he just had a really bad season. He was a, he was a, he's a vet quarterback with a new head that's coach. That's what I think, bro. That could be the that could that, that, yeah. that And if that's the case, that's the case. Right. And even if Russ isn't cooked, even if Russ comes back to being a top-ten quarterback, they're still not a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to be – I don't think they're going to be Super Bowl contenders either. I I think they're going to be better than the Chargers this coming year solely because of Sean Payton and what he's going to be able to do in this offseason. We haven't even seen the draft yet. He's already making good moves in free agency. Um, We know what he did, excuse me, obviously with the New Orleans Saints. And when you look at the fact that, uh, you know, Nathaniel Hackett was putting Russell Wilson in good spots, but Russell Wilson also at times was just not seeing the field, you know, kind of perceiving pressure that wasn't there, just putting himself in bad situations in plays in the NFL. But again, you know, you see Sean Payton spending that cash early and often in free agency. This was a team that was sacked the most in the NFL last year with 63 sacks, uh, um, you know, clearly attributed a lot to that five win season that they just had. McGlinchey graded as 71.5 with PFF and was regarded as the best tackle in free agency by a lot of people out there. He had the second highest pass block win rate of his career at 89.6. So basically nine out of 10 times he was beating you at a pass block. And then you go with his highest run block win rate of his career at 81. Point three. Speaking of Ben Powers as well, he's going to give you some additional power in the middle of that formation that they really, really lacked with the Denver Broncos at times um, in the recent years. And they've weighed, uh, excuse me, allowed way too much pressure in the recent years, whether it was Drew Locke, now clearly Russell Wilson getting beat into the ground. I can't believe 63 sacks. The Eagles led the league in sacks with 70. You can almost say they sacked Russell Wilson every single time. That's how many sacks Russ took in his first season with Denver. Um, and then you look at Zach Allen. This is a pure physicality, chemistry, you know, not in a bad way, but a comfortable type of move. Zach Allen actually played his entire career thus far, or excuse me, the last four seasons under Broncos D coordinator. Now Vance Joseph, who was formerly of course the coach, um, you know, the head coach for Denver shortly after they won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning and Vance Joseph was the DC, I believe in Arizona, if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, when he was playing under Zach Allen or when Zach Allen, excuse me, was playing under him. He's one of the league's best in run defense last season, and I, I really think he provided enough interior pressure. You look, five and a half sacks to go along with 20 quarterback kicks as an interior lineman, very solid. Um, you know, his run stop win rate was 37.9% last season, which was among the league's top 40 defensive players overall in that category, and he had eight passes broken up as well as a defensive lineman, which led all defensive linemen for pass breakups as well. I know the 37.9 run stop win rate doesn't sound great, but when you're playing in that certain part of the defensive line, you're going to see those numbers fall and know that he placed, I mean, knowing the talent in the NFL that could be in the top 40 and knowing that Zach Allen was really able to hold it down there. I know you said you didn't necessarily care for it, but I'm going to give it an A. That's going to, go ahead. Bro, like, there, there comes a point in every sport when there are some storylines that transcend any signings, any hirings, any firings, any promotions. Yeah. And right now, the Broncos are in that position where the only thing that matters is whether or not Russell Wilson was worth the investment. Because here's the thing, right? The, the thing that y'all said was, man, when you look at all the quarterbacks they've had between pay and retirement to now, it's been a lot of garbage. And you're yeah. 100% accurate. It's not been great in dinner at the quarterback position. 
put Russell Wilson year right. one right at the quarterback position. Like this is a storyline. Like okay, of course the signings mean something. I'm not saying they don't mean anything at all. They're very valuable. And I would agree with you that it is an A. It's just none of that matters if Russ goes out here and throws up another stinker again. Right. Because he's still there for six more years after that. Yep. And no one's taking on that contract because he's getting old. Right. So he's stuck in Denver and they're going to have to keep throwing stuff at the wall. They're gonna have <laughs> and they're just going to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. It's like it's like a baby trying to get their mom's attention when their mom's tired. It's been a long day and the baby just won't shut up. Like that's what this is. That, that's what this is right now for the Broncos. This is what it's falling into for Denver. Just going. It's like you've seen that clip. Yeah. Seen that clip of Family Guy when Stewie runs into Love the room show. and Lois is laying on the bed and he just keeps saying, "Mom, mom." Like that's oh, yeah. that's what the Broncos right now. Like Russ, Russ. Hey, buddy. Right, Sean Payton. Russ. Any day, man. Let, let, <laughs> let, let's, let's, let's prove that this money's worth. Like that's where the, like this is a tough spot to be, and so. It's no disrespect to Ben Powers. It's no disrespect to Mike McGlinchey. No disrespect to Zach Allen. They're all phenomenal players, as you mentioned. Yeah. But none of that matters if Russ leads them to what was it, four or five wins again? Won't matter. Yep. Won't matter. Oh, absolutely. I I totally agree with you. Let's get a little sponsor break in here. The last one I read, I was just saying, get us a get at me on social. So I'm going to start with that as well, then roll into the actual ad break. Appreciate everybody. We're a little past the top of the hour, 8.15. As you can tell, we got an extended show today breaking down all of the NFL free agency moves. I'm here with GTP Marcus. You can find him there on all social media platforms. Goat Talk Podcast with Marcus has been great. Excuse me, episode 11 of the NFL with AJL. Please like the stream wherever you're watching. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit the bell. You'll never miss a post on YouTube. Check the QR code as well. You see on the screen every bit of social media content we got on every platform. Also, we're on podcast platforms as well. Please leave us a review. It really helps us out. And if you're not finding us on social media, you're just not looking hard enough. As always, we are sponsored by Buy and Sell with AJL, ladies and gentlemen, for all your worldwide professional real estate needs. If you're looking to buy a home, possibly sell a home, or um, get a rental property to obviously benefit with your investments, with your retirement plan for real estate. Make sure to hit up at Buy and Sell with AJL on all social media platforms. Get on their newsletter. All you got to do is drop your email and they'll get you on their exclusive newsletter that gives you actual real estate news, keeps you ahead of the headlines. And they just implemented some AI into the business as well. We hear a lot of talks about chat GPT, a lot of talks about AI in the business. Drop your email and drop either your address or a specific address. It'll tell you the price of that home, how many houses in that area are selling, and how fast they're selling as well. So it'll help you get ahead of the game in today's competitive real estate market. Let's check the chat before we roll into the back half of the show here. Oh, look, the look, the only Twitch comments I ever get are from people wanting to promote the show talking about. Uh, I, I don't even care. We're just going to move on. Um, I agree. If Russ can't start up the grill and cook again, then it's going to be a long year for the Broncos. Yeah, they're going to have some. Uh, I don't even know. I just wanted to say like a really nasty grilled food. They're just going to have some chitlins this year. That's that. That's pretty crappy for everybody. So we'll just roll with that. And Alan's comment here. Russ is washed. Sorry. What quarterback marches into an organization and requests his own office? Okay, bro. We got to relax on that because if you're a guy that's being asked to run a franchise that was just bought by the billionaire heirs of Walmart, and now you have a new coach, and now all of these trades that have happened to make you come in there and all the speculation that's in there, I mean, he's he's a captain. I'm okay with it. I wasn't freaking out. Um, I mean, it, take what it you know, take from it what you will. Of course, him doing that doesn't make it good 
considering how the season played out. But I, I wasn't really, you know, super tripping out about that. Now, the high knees on the plane, I thought were a little crazy. We saw some of the teammates coming out like, what is this guy doing? Um, you know, Seahawks teammates were coming out as well. There was apparently beef between him wanting Pete Carroll and uh, I think uh, I think the GM to fire yep. Pete Carroll and, and both of those guys took a chance on him. So I just it just it doesn't add up, you know, and whether he did ask for it or if he didn't, if he had it, I don't think it's a big deal. But even if he did ask for it, like, like, so what? Russ is, you know, a big team guy. And some of the complaints around the teammates, I'm just like, what, what what's actually happening? You know, like, what are we yep. what are we really complaining about here? But I get it. It can it can come from a place of frustration. Now, this place was the last place I expected Jimmy Garoppolo to go to. Yes, we're talking about Jimmy Chi to the Las Vegas Raiders. Did you see Jimmy G going here, man? I'm not surprised. I, I love it for Jimmy G. I'm a Jimmy Garoppolo stand. I if, if Jimmy G... Hey, I like Jimmy too. I got a lot of respect for his game. He's a winner, and you can't yeah. deny his resume. If Jimmy G is a thousand, has a 1,000 fans, I'm one of them. If he's got 100 fans, I'm one of them. If he has 10 fans, I'm one of them. If he has one fan, it's me. I mean, if he has no fans, I'm dead. Would that make you his only fan, sir? <laughs> I can't believe be. I just said that. I, 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 would be his fan. I, I love Jimmy and everybody just dropped off the stream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Jimmy G gets enough respect. Yeah, the he does. That's interesting. Everybody and I don't here. know off the top of my head where the Raiders are drafting this year. I believe it's seventh. The Raiders feel I, like the team that would be stupid enough to pull the trigger on AR at seven. Realistically, I, no, no, they no. would be no, the team to pull the trigger on go. Anthony Richardson. No, they can't. Now that they've traded Darren Waller, they better go. That's true one. too. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. Like, Jimmy G's good enough to just kind of. He's gonna look. We've seen Jimmy and Jimmy. We trust. We've seen Jimmy G make things Born happen. Here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. And I, this is in all honesty. And I wish there's a way that you can like see the history of a note. I wish there's a way that you could do that. But as you know, I do an off-season series on my show for the NFL after the draft. And I do it in draft order. At number seven for the Las Vegas Raiders, when I created this note, the title of that episode is going to be In Jimmy We Trust. Now, of course, if Jimmy didn't end up in Vegas, that would have been a I'd have had to rename the show. But yeah, I I thought Jimmy was going to go to the Raiders. It's the only place that really made sense. You've got Josh McDaniels there already. You have Devontae Adams. Like you have, um, you have Hunter Renfro. I, I look, man. I'm a Jimmy G fan. I'm a Jimmy G stan. I'm a Jimmy G apologist, <laughs> and I will go to bat for Jimmy I'll G for the next bar at all times. Yeah, so yeah. I am. I, I probably, I, I probably would be Jimmy G's only fan. I mean, he's porn star. Jimmy. <laughs> he's familiar with it. He's familiar with the concept. So yeah, there you go. Oh, I picked the right guest for the right topic. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders, though. I definitely did not see him going to the Raiders out of all places. I got to give a shout out to this meme. It was like, man, the Raiders had photoshops from Brady, Lamar, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, and they got Jimmy G. And it's just, oh, it's tough out here for the, uh, God, I want to say the black and gold, but that's us for the black and silver, the black hole, whatever they call it out there in Vegas now. Clearly, we're talking about the Raiders, so. This reunites Garoppolo with the Raiders head coach now, who is Josh McDaniels. And Josh McDaniels did coach Jimmy G as the offensive coordinator in New England at the start of the quarterback's NFL career. Talking about Jimmy G, of course, from 2014 to 2017. Patriots won two Super Bowls. 
during Garoppolo's time there as Brady's backup. So, you know, there's history, there's comfort, there's emotion all tied up in this one decision here. Jimmy G gets for now, because we saw Darren Waller held out, which really sucked because that was going to be a safety blanket for Jimmy G. He gets Devontae Adams, who had the most receiving touchdowns in 2022, along with 100 catches, 1,500 yards. And then Josh Jacobs, who just led the league in rushing as well and is disrespectfully playing on a $10 million franchise tag right now. Um, but the big question is, is this an upgrade or a downgrade for the Raiders? Not for Jimmy G, for the Raiders. An upgrade or a downgrade from Derek Carr? Yes. Well, it's a downgrade. <laughs> really? It's it's a downgrade. Because yeah. Derek Carr is the 11th best quarterback in football. And Jimmy 11th. Like, uh, I, li I like the calculation there. Thank you for putting <laughs> some respect on the Houdat Nation. <laughs> Early and, and often. Jimmy G at his best is 15. So there's four hmm. quarterback. There's a four quarterback gap between Derek Carr and Jimmy G. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe Jimmy G's like 16. Whatever. Point right. is, he's barely in the top half. Even though I love him and I think he doesn't get his respect, he's still barely in the top half. Derek Carr is the 11th best quarterback in football, so it's actually a downgrade. That's unfortunate, but like, shout out to Derek Carr for knowing the Raiders wanted to trade him to the Saints. Oh yeah. No. And then sign with the Saints anyway. That is yeah. grown man behavior. You ain't getting anything from me, boy. Yeah, that's grown man behavior by Derek Carr. Yeah. He definitely had to handle some grown man business. Had to handle some grown man business. Alan, I agree with you. Say what you want about Jimmy G. He's a proven winner, though, at the end of the day. Can't forget that he was in the Super Bowl just a few years back. And I've always said it, right? I think it was Jaquiski Tart. If Jaquiski Tart picks Matt Stafford in the year that the Rams won the Super Bowl, Jimmy G's in a second Super Bowl. And he's probably making more money on this Raiders contract. With I think this Raiders contract was... I mean, any NFL players making bank, right? Even if you're making $700,000 minimum, like you're already a top 1% earner in the States, right? Um, and then if he makes that one throw to Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl, like E-Man routed him up. He got on the back half of that Chiefs defense and Jimmy G couldn't make the throw. So that's what really holds people back from, I feel like, completely buying in on Jimmy G. But he's gotten to three NFC title games. He should have been to two Super Bowls, but he at least got to one. You look at what Jimmy G has done in his career, and when it's talk about an upgrade or downgrade, you know, I feel like it's kind of a take your pick. I mean, maybe it's a slight upgrade, but if anything, I feel like it's a neutral move. And, and here's why. Again, it doesn't help with Darren Waller going to the Giants, of course, you know, hours before we went live, but we wanted to really get focused in on the ton of news that we got on the show tonight. Darren Waller's trade to the Giants will be on Friday's episode, y'all, March 17th, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Be there. Um, but, you know, that was going to be a safety blanket for Jimmy Garoppolo, really uh, having Darren Waller at that point. And, and I know the main point that's looked at, right, is Jimmy G has been to three NFC title games. He's been to a Super Bowl, but he also had a defense that was averaging the ninth best in yards. And, and get ready for this one. The second best in points the last four years, which was his main time as a starter. The 49ers over the last four years have had an average of the ninth best defense in yards and the second best defense's points second excuse me second best defense in points Derek Carr never had a top 15 defense in his nine year career damn near 10 year uh tenure the whole decade he spent with the Raiders never had over a top 15 defense I don't even think he had over a top 20 top 19 defense I looked at it when we broke down uh you know the Saints um signing Derek Carr, and I appreciate everybody as well blowing that up on YouTube. One of my best videos out there right now. It always feels good when you you know get to talk about the team you really love and, and people receive it well. But you know, you look at Derek Carr has now carried the Raiders time and time again. I'm not saying he's carried them to big parts, but making them more competitive than I believe they would have been with other quarterbacks given the defense, 
that he was in. I mean, for Christ's sake, we're in the Drew Brees jersey. We saw the multiple years of seven and nine where Drew Brees is putting up, you know, 4,800 yards, 5,200 yards, 47 touchdowns, 44 touchdowns, and the Saints are literally giving up 28 and 32 points a game. Derek Carr was kind of in the similar situation, again, not having a great defense in his time with the Raiders, but now you're going to have Jimmy G having to battle a horrible defense while Derek Carr, he's a big-time baller. He's a big-time competitor. I think he's more talented than Jimmy G, but of course he doesn't have the wins and the places he's been to back it up. But again, Derek Carr never had that defense that Jimmy G has always been able to lean on, whether it was in the Patriot days. We know Tom Brady, I think, 16 of Tom Brady's 20 years in New England, he had a top 10 defense in scoring. So essentially, Garoppolo had the same type of characteristics being with the 49ers as well. But Jimmy was never asked to be a big-time gamer. Jimmy was never asked to be a big-time competitor, to make a big-time throw, to win the game on his arm like Derek Carr was. And now that's what the Raiders are getting. And now that's what he's going to be asked to do. And having said that, that seems like a downgrade to me. So to sum it all up, Derek Carr is more talented, but not as much of a winner. While Jimmy G is very textbook, but can game manage you into a win. Take your pick. Um, that's why it kind of feels like a lateral move. You know, again, very surprising. Raiders had to go somewhere. I've got another quarterback domino fell nonetheless. But, uh, you know, I, I actually had it on the lineup. Would these players potentially be requesting a trade? And Darren Waller to the Giants for a third round pick. Like, and, you know, that was surprising in itself because Darren Waller coming off back to back injury riddled seasons. I actually had the pleasure of meeting him. Shout out to Jay the Plug. You're an awesome dude for letting me sit in on that Darren Waller interview. Um, you know, but just seeing that, you know, uh, in the middle of a contract, I was like, I, I don't believe he's the agent, you know, for a up. You know, clearly they had to deal with a uh, who got out of town for them. TJ Hawkinson came from the, where did he come from? The Lions, excuse me. I totally yeah. got it all mixed up. Darby said, I really thought the Raiders were going to draft the quarterback. And here's the thing, just to stay on that for a second. Again, like, and maybe it's because Gruden was there, you know, and uh, is, who is, is it, is it Mayock that's the GM? Is he the one with like the 12-year-old kid's haircut? Or what's his name? No, Mike I can't Mayock remember his was, name. Mike Mayock was a coach, I think. My, okay, who I, I can't remember the name. The GM of the Raiders. God help me out. His name is da his, his, his last name is Davis. Oh, Mark Davis. Mark Davis. There you Mark go. Davis. I know yeah. This he aces GM as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Davis, right? It's just like like we saw them, you know, they uh they watch Alabama in a playoff game and they take Alex Leatherwood, and Alex Leatherwood's been a bust. You know, they've had multiple players they've drafted, it's been a bust. And it's because they watch them at the combine in the Rose bowl. They don't watch them in the bad games where they struggled. And these other analysts are taking it into account, putting them on these big boards, making these mock drafts. I want to go ahead and say it while I'm on record, the Raiders would be that team to be idiots and pull the trigger on Anthony Richardson at seven. Anthony Richardson has great upside. There's no question about that. I don't think you're bringing in Jimmy G with where you're at in this draft class. You're in seventh. You can make a couple of moves. Like you can tweak something, dig into the books, make the phone calls, look at the depth chart, check out the cap, whatever you have to do. Yep. They got a draft. I hope they don't take AR. It'd be nice to see them swoop up and steal the draft. Maybe trade with the Panthers, get into one. Really mess everybody's day up. But yeah, I uh I really think that would be interesting. 
that man really has the worst haircut in the NFL. That man really has the worst haircut in centuries. Someone put a 99 cent bowl on his head and just trimmed around it, dude. Like it's tough. It's so tough. I appreciate everybody jumping in the comments as well. You know, I'll always, always engage with you guys. I just read a comment on Facebook that said Matt Ryan is San Francisco because they're collecting quarterbacks like infinity zones to prevent last year from happening again. I'm crying. If you were really about to tell me though, Matt Ryan to the 49ers, I, I probably would have cut the whole rest of the show and just been like, Marcus, we got to go at it right now. But uh, no, we're not going to go there. Let's go ahead, though. Um, move on here. So Darius Slay and Austin Eckler, some more free agency news. Two guys that are pretty well, uh, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty established in the league. We know what they can do with their positions. Pretty highly ranked as well, at least in my opinion. Um, this will be kind of quick hitter if you want, man. Where do you think Darius Slay, or rather, where do you want to see Darius Slay play since he is now exploring a trade? Slay's going to be Eagle. I actually just literally just saw him talk about this. Really? He didn't ask the, yeah, he didn't ask the trade. This is just a part of the business that the Eagles are allowing him to seek a trade simply because yeah. there's no guaranteed money left in his contract. Simply uh -huh. to say, the Eagles are saying, if you want to leave, you can leave because there's no more guaranteed money left in your deal. Yeah. But Slay wants to be Eagle. Um, he also acknowledged That's at the good. same time, though, that if someone comes calling, yeah, it's a better, like a better offer or a better situation. He would leave, but there's only one other situation that's better to the Eagles. And that's the Chiefs, and I don't see the Chiefs calling. I also right. don't see Darius Slay going to the Chiefs after having just lost to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So Darius Slay will be an Eagle for sure. I just, I literally like, I, I was listening to it on mute, but I, I, I literally just watched a video with the captions on of of of. of Slay saying everything. Yeah, I was just listening to him talk about or, or watching him say that he didn't act for the trade. The Eagles were saying there's no guarantee money left in your deal. If you want to, if you, if you would like to seek a trade, you are more than welcome to do so. But Slay wants to stay in Philadelphia, and I don't blame him. Yeah, hey, I, I'd love to hear that. We can just graze over that then. And and I I think I misspoke on that as well. Yeah, they he wasn't asking for one, but they said, hey, yeah. if you want to, you can seek a trade. And of course, you know, some of those teams would have been great. Uh, I had Vikings, Jets, Jags, maybe the Ravens, the Bills, the Bengals. I did have Kansas City on here, but knowing they just lost to them in the Super Bowl, that, that would be tough to see them. So we'll skip over that. Glad to see Darius Slay is going to stay in Eagle. Now, how about Austin Eckler, a guy that some people say He's not a one. I think it's crazy as hell to say that Austin Eckler isn't a running back one because I know he might not be a, a crazy rusher, but what he does in the passing game, how he gets into the end zone, absolutely crazy. Where would you like to see Austin Eckler play? Saying Austin Eckler is not a one, it's crazy when he is the number one touchdown scorer since 2019 in football. So, I mean, that's yep. idiotic. But I think there's only really two places he can go, um, not including the Chargers, of course. I think he ends up in Buffalo because we've been saying for years that Buffalo needs to fix their run game. Yeah. Austin Eckler fixes that for them and also gives them a reliable, reliable target off the backfield. Um, and then, of course, the Dolphins because I think that would be beautiful for them. I think Austin Eckler would thrive in, in Mike McDaniel's offense, given that yeah. is very reliable out of the backfield. I, I, if I had to pick between the two, I would say, uh, if I would say Miami. Um, and, and, and just to throw a long shot out there, just kind of thinking about it, um, maybe he ends up in Philly. Maybe the Eagles try to trade for him. You know, we saw Howard Roseman again be super aggressive, so it's not out of the ordinary to, to maybe see them try to be aggressive again. I know they have Miles Sanders. I know they have Boston Scott. I know they have Kenneth Gainwell. And the running back, the running back, the, the, the I'm sorry, the run game by committee has worked for them, obviously, so far through one season. So it's definitely a long shot. Um, but if the Eagles wanted to commit and just say, I just want, we just want one main guy to do it. I wouldn't be surprised if Eckler's that guy. Yeah, that would, that would be wild to see him uh, go to a, a <clears throat> 
excuse me, a couple of those teams that, that you just mentioned there. One that pops off the paper to me, and I've been saying this for, you know, uh, a couple of free agent uh, free agent landings, but especially when it comes to running back, I got to go with the Buffalo Bills. You bring in a guy like Austin Eckler. Um, unfortunately, I said it. You know, if, if they wanted to make a move for a Saquon Barkley or maybe an Alvin Kamara, like that type of impact immediately with the Bills, I feel like that eliminates you know the questions about James Cook, about a Naeem Himes, about a Devin Singletary, who is still a very formidable running back room, and I think they can get it together. And you know, it shows in the numbers, but we know Josh Allen is under a lot of pressure. Um, he's being asked to do a lot, and I just don't personally like the way he runs. He runs into people, not around people, so I feel like that's cost for more injury. You bring in a shifty guy like Eckler, who, like you said, most touchdowns overall since 2019, knowing that Devontae Adams is up there in that list as well is very, very impressive. You mentioned the Dolphins, so I don't need to elaborate there. You would just add a, a, a versatile guy with two of the fastest people in the league um, and really a, a, a breathing room you know type of thing for for Tua um and and, and Gesicki is there as well I, I I'm actually a not a big fan of Gesicki but I have a lot of respect for his game and I think he's a lot better than than people think he is as well you even look at the commanders I know they've got a couple of guys in the backfield uh but he could step in as that as that one role as well um did you say I I feel like you did say did you say the Vikings are going to keep Dalvin Cook they it's looking like they are yeah. Okay. Know, good. Like maybe a week, maybe a week or so ago, we were, it was looking like there's two options. Obviously, just because of the money that they can, they can, they can trade them. Um, if yeah. They're kind of relinquished the cap. They can trade them or they can cut them. Yeah. Uh, and, and and kind of there's a, a large. It's still possible because the league year starts officially tomorrow, and so there is as as with all cuts and as with all releases, depending on when you cut or release a player, it depends on how much the hit is. That's that's why the Raiders. That's why the Raiders let go of Derek Carr before they let when they, when they let him go. That's why other players are going to release after June first, even though they already know that they are being released just after June first because the cap is different. So yep. it's still on the table. But I, I think I haven't seen or heard much about that still being something that's pursued. So I think at this point, Dalvin Cook is still going to be a Minnesota Viking come Week One, unless something crazy happens. Yeah, yeah, I, I really hope so because Dalvin Cook again, one of the true, uh, one of the true few bell cow backs that still left in the league. And I've always had respect for Dalvin's game. Allen, I know you love him, obviously coming out of, out of FSU as well. Um, and then I would say my new Orleans saints as well, because there's going to be a chance that Alvin Kamara doesn't see a decent part of the season. I know Eckler could be asking for a good chunk of change. And I know, Oh, Adam, the cap, you don't have a lot of money. I understand that. I believe we can manipulate. We have manipulated for years. Multiple teams have manipulated for years. If we're just talking about fits as much as I want to say Kamara is better than Eckler, I don't think I can because the numbers show that and not only the numbers, but just the size of Eckler, like Kamara is very close. You know, I feel like it's like an Eckler CMC Alvin Kamara kind of in that just multiple, you know, dual threat running back class. But I think Eckler leads it, leads it far and away. Now let's talk about a trade that apparently this player, excuse me, had prayed for, for about a month and he is back where Maybe not where he belongs, but uh, where he wanted to be. Did I make a lower third? Yes, I did. God, I had slipped on the graphic. So the Dolphins traded for Jalen Ramsey for a third round pick and tight end Hunter Long. Was this the best landing spot for Jalen Ramsey, man, in Miami? A team that's got a lot coming together, budding defense. I'm a fan of Miami. What do you think about it, though? I've said it three, two times. I'll say it again. Emotional, vocal, veteran leader. Yep. For a relatively young football team. Yep. This Jalen Ramsey with this defense that has Jerome Baker, that's got Javon Holland, that still has Xavier Howard. I know Byron, I believe Byron Jones is still there, though I read somewhere that he's he might not be. I'm not 100 percent sure. I did read something about Byron Jones. Yeah, they they actually did. They're um, they're wanting to cut him or they're intending yeah, to release him, I think. They're talking about it, something like that. But still, the defense is still 
it's still good. You add Jalen Ramsey to that defense. Let's talk about Jalen Ramsey. This is a guy who, you know, led one of the best defenses in football in Jacksonville a couple of years ago to an AFC Championship game, should be in the Super Bowl if it weren't for a dumb, 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 dumb call. We're talking yeah. about a guy that won a Super Bowl in L.A. Yep. And now we'll see what happens here in Miami. Like, this is a leader. He, say what you want about Jalen Ramsey and what he does. He is a leader. 100%. No question about it. You got to love Jalen Ramsey seeing, or you got to love seeing Jalen Ramsey over with the Miami Dolphins. And I had to dig deep on the numbers because I feel like Jalen Ramsey is another player that, like, people can easily say, "Oh, he he's the best in the league." And then some are like, "Wait, what are you talking about? He, he's not even close to that." And and when you look at when he's come into the league since coming in in 2016, Ramsey has the highest PFF grade, the highest PFF coverage grade, and the highest PFF run defense grade among all cornerback since 2016 that's better than Jair Alexander that's better than Stefan Gilmore and that's better than Casey Hayward Jr. Um, clearly we know he's, he's a guy that is that is to be reckoned with in the NFL there's no question about that and when you look at the Dolphins coverage grade in 2022 their leading secondary player was an undrafted rookie his name is Cater Kohu I believe he had a 68.6 coverage grade, which was 47th in the league. They had a 56th coverage grade, 103rd, 132nd, 134th. Unfortunately, Zayvon Howard did fall into that. So that's very unfortunate to see. And over the past two years, X Howard has allowed 13 receiving touchdowns as well. So bringing in Jalen Ramsey, like you said, veteran guy with a team, um, you know, and, and it, the trade, I don't know. Corners just move around so much, right? Players just move around so much in sports. It's almost like I literally said it. I took the Darren Waller, not trade out of the lineup, but I was going to ask with the Jimmy G segment, like, oh, could you potentially see players leaving? And then I'm like, well, Devontae just got paid. Darren Waller's balling right now, or at least, you know, trying to get back to balling in, in, um, you know, with the Raiders and it's boom, it happens. So it's like, I, I don't ever know, or I guess really ever see yep. it as a right time to go for a trade that just kind of happened. And I'm like, damn, now we got to get into it. But yeah, the, the dolphins acquiring Jalen Ramsey, um, you know, it was good or excuse me, hold on. I feel like I'm totally lost here for a second. Where am I at? Okay. No, I'm good. Sorry. Damn. I was like, where did everything just go, man? That just totally screwed me up. You ever just like in the middle of something you're like, wait, yeah. Did I just like autopilot through that? Okay. Uh, but yes, clearly we we got into the numbers there about Jalen Ramsey too. And when you look at Miami was sixth worst in the league in pass yards per game. So you couldn't really get any worse with that. And it is going to be good to have X Howard on the opposite side of the field. Um, but of you know, unfortunately, his his grade wasn't too great last year. Now, knowing that Vic Fangio did get hired here for this defense, it's going to be all over this Pro Bowl cornerback duo now that we're going to see in Miami. They're going to have to stop a Stefan Diggs. Clearly get underneath or, you know, um, you know, be able to impede with a Garrett Wilson that's going to be with the New York Jets. So in the AFC East, another move here for the Dolphins. They could have more coming. We're going to hit a sponsor break here real quick before we get into the Dolphins picking up to his fifth year option. Again, this is episode 11 of the NFL with AJL. We're a little over an hour and a half in, but I wouldn't have rather done it with anyone other than GTP Marcus. That is the guest on the show tonight. Goat Talk Podcast. Check him out on all social media platforms. Please like the show wherever you're at. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit the bell so you never miss a post. You see the QR code as well. Scan that for all social media content. Engage on social with me. Follow, DM, get in the comments. I'm about all of it. Mention me in the stories. I will do my best to get at you. Um, also please leave a review on podcast platforms as well. Really helps us out in the algorithm at the NFL with AJL on all social platforms. If you can't find us, you're not looking hard enough. 
We're also sponsored by Buy and Sell with AJL for all your worldwide professional real estate needs, buying a home, selling a home, getting an investment property to help you out with retirement to get you some of that cash flow, passive income. Hit up Buy and Sell with AJL to learn more about that. They got an amazing newsletter they write every month that keeps you ahead of the real estate news. And if you want to check out some real estate AI programs that they just put in the business, drop your email, get at them on social media, ask them about it, and they will make sure to include you in such AI technology that I just mentioned. All right. As we head out of the show here, the Dolphins have picked up Tua Tagovailoa's fifth year option. Do you think this is smart? Or I guess the better word would be reasonable considering Tua's 2022 campaign, man? Oh, Tua gives me migraines. I, based on 2022, <laughs> I think yes, because aside from being concussed three times in one season, which has never happened before and is a serious, serious, serious issue, um, and, and goes to show just how terrible the training staff is in Miami, he's playing like he, he's playing MVP caliber football, football, and for the most, for much of the season, when Tua played a game from start to finish, they won that football game. So I would say yes. They've surrounded him with talent offensively, and he showed up and he showed out. I like the deal. And also, like we've said at the top of the show a couple times, aside from Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, how many guys in this draft do you think legitimately are franchise guys? Not many. The, the, right. the Dolphins don't have a first-round pick this year because of tampering issues from a couple years ago with Brady. So if they were to want to trade, try to get a quarterback, one of those two guys, they have to trade up to the second pick of the draft. Straight up into the second pick of the draft without a first-round pick this year is going to be even more difficult, even if you had a first-round pick this year. And the Texans aren't moving off the second pick of the draft, so you have to get them from the Panthers. And even then, like we said, given what the Panthers gave up to trade up to one, imagine how much more they would want back, at very least exactly what they gave up to move off of one. The Dolphins yeah. don't have it. So could this be a thing of they believe in Tua? It could be, and rightfully so. It could also be a thing of, like, even if we wanted to move on from Tua, who we going to get right other than potentially Lamar Jackson, if we could even get Lamar Jackson. So, right. I that would be so sweet move. to see Lamar in yeah, Miami. I don't, I don't, God bless. I don't hate the move, but at the same time, options, there weren't many options. You just stick with Tua. Right. Tua is only going to cost him 23.7 million. Yeah. I know I say only, but I mean, if he pops, and he played good shoot. ball last season, aside from the, the concussions, he did play great ball last season. So he did a healthy season of Tua Tungvaluwa with Tua. Uh, I'm sorry, not with Tua. With Tyreek and with all that he had, it could be it could work out for him. Yep, I'm about to definitely second on those numbers that you just mentioned as well. But you know, you look at this decision by Miami. I really respect it at the end of the day because these guys took a chance on Tua coming off of the hip injury in Alabama. You know, you hear about Mike McDaniel literally compiling his best NFL and college throws to show him, like, bro. This is what you're capable of. This is what we can surround you with. And this is what we can turn you into. And, and clearly that 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 resonated with Tua. You know, betting on him in the draft was major. Drafting him at number five overall, coming off of the injury. Like we've seen quarterbacks slip far, um, you know, down into the round or maybe even out of the first round, which wasn't ever a worry of Tua's. But I really respect the decision for them to stand by him. And I do believe, yes, that this was smart slash reasonable. A lot of uh, for the reasons that you said, you know, who else do they have? Um, you know, two is only going to cost twenty three point seven four million, I think, believe this year, uh, I believe uh, this year. So if he pops, clearly he's going to be cheaper for them in terms of what quarterbacks actually present. <clears throat> and you look at, you know, like you said, Tua did show some big time promise. And I love to see it because I was a big fan of Tua when he was in college, although it was against some inferior defenses at time Tua was on pace for a forty six hundred yard 
34 touchdown, 10 interception season. Did anybody think Tua could do that in the NFL considering what we had seen so far? Because me as a fan, not of the Dolphins, but of Tua, I know for a fact I didn't. I didn't based off the couple of years that I saw in the NFL and how he looked small and how he was really underthrowing Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddley, even if they were wide open, you know, but knowing that he still put up, I think it was, you know, uh, 3,500 yards, 28 touchdowns or 25 touchdowns, eight picks. I think it was 25 touchdowns, eight picks. Knowing that Tua did that, battling injuries, battling concussions, being on pace for a 4,600 yard, 34 touchdown, again, 10 interception year. Did anybody think that Tua would actually be able to do that? At this point in his career, Mike McDaniel was clearly very impressive as a rookie head coach and having a questionable quarterback stepping into the year. Um, you know, yes, Miami was one of those hottest, one of the hottest offenses in the NFL at one point in this year. But a lot of those inferior defense were getting called into question. That's why this is going to have some people saying, uh, what should we have done? Should we have picked up the option? Was there really any other option? So, again, I respect it. I believe this was a smart move. I believe this was a reasonable move. I, I'm rooting for Tua. I'm a big Tua fan. I loved what he did at Alabama. Like when he came onto the scene, taking the job from Jalen Hurts, which people screw, uh, uh, excuse me, which people misconstrued so horribly. Oh, but Tua took his job. Okay, well, who the hell also just played in the Super Bowl? Not Tua, with all due respect. Jalen is a dog. He's been that guy. He's been him. And I want Tua to be a dog. I do believe Tua can be him. He showed us that. He did shrink in the big game against Clemson, but now he's in the NFL. He's got more talent around him. Two of the fastest receivers in the league, probably the two fastest guys in the league at the end of the day. So I'm 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 very optimistic for Tua. And before we get out of the show, it leaves us with a final question of do you believe Tua will rebound in 2023 and at least take Miami into the playoffs? Not asking for a win, but considering everything he was up against, the scary concussions, the season that he was on pace for, do you believe that he rebounds next year? I mean, you have to. I mean, again. He trailed off because he got knocked on his head three times in one season, and his trainers kept saying, "Yeah, go back out there." Like that's all that was. <laughs> you give me that's it, it's it, they all need to be fired. But like if you give me a full year of a healthy tour, they'll be a playoff team for sure. They're the second best team in the division, which is enough to make the playoffs, I think. Yeah. If I have to put a ranking on just all the teams in the, in the AFC, I'd, I'd say right now they're they're fifth. Yeah, that's that's a playoff seat. So yeah, I yeah. think they're, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Hmm. Rebounding for to a Darby was saying here, I think it was smart for them to pick up the fifth year option. They need to see if he can stay healthy before giving a huge deal. Yeah, you definitely don't want to give a huge deal based off of what yeah. had happened in terms of believing to a rebounding, though, more than anything for the sake of his career and just for the sake of him. I really hope he takes his health seriously. You know, gets in touch with some of these athletes that we hear that they're spending a million dollars on their body a year, whether it's a LeBron, whether it's a Brady, you know, whether it's some of these legendary players out here. Um, I just want him to spend some money, some time, some energy, just a, a lot of knowledge on his body to get himself back right. Um, and, you know, this isn't a knock it to or anything, but knowing like like we know what the NFL is capable of. Right. We know. We just saw Andrew Luck retire after being the number one pick because he was getting the hell beat out of him behind an offensive line that, again, wasn't doing anything for him. Tua is about the third of the size of Andrew Luck, it feels like. Tua's got a lot of head, a lot ahead of him, a lot ahead of him in his career. Um, again, Mike McDaniel was impressive being a rookie head coach, knowing that, like, knowing what he had to put up with and knowing that Tua was on pace for what he was on pace for. It, it does make me feel good about them rebounding. In the 2023 season, they have 20 million in cap space, which is 11th in the NFL. So they're definitely going to be able to make some things shake. Man, it was a great show tonight. That is going to be a wrap for episode 11 of the NFL with AJL. GTP Marcus joined me tonight. Goat Talk 
with Marcus on all podcast platforms, GTP Marcus on social as well. Man, before we get out of here, please plug yourself and tell the folks where they can find you. Oh, man, I, I appreciate the invite, of course. Um, I know I had to rush in here because it's rush hour. It's ridiculous. But you can find me on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok at GTP Marcus. Um, you can also find me as of Give us a shot, give us a shot on Instagram, and I believe we have a TikTok now as well. Um, you can find all of our shows, stuff about sports, the the divide, uh, JT and the Don, um, the divide on Fox Sports, the Gamblers specifically, and then uh, newly as of today, the High Spot Podcast. All of that can be found on Give Us a Shot Network. It's a fantastic group of guys out there, with all a bunch of content for all sports. So head over there, check us out. I will be there officially April first. I'm taking a break. Right now, I'll be back. That's my first show back. Always a pleasure. Hey, man. Thank you so much for jumping on the show. Put your handle up on the screen for everyone to see. Guys, before we get out of here, please like that stream. Please subscribe on YouTube. Scan that QR code again for every bit of social media content. Thank you all so much for the love you give it on social, especially on YouTube and Instagram. I see it kicking up on Facebook. Y'all are still going on about my Super Bowl call a month later running up that reel. I see y'all coming up there on TikTok, on Twitter as well. Thanks for all the support. Again, this was episode 11 of the NFL with AJL. GTP Marcus was on the show. We'll be back episode 12 Friday night. We will be going over Darren Waller. We will be going over Aaron Rodgers' wish list for the Jets, which was absolutely mind-blowing to me. That should be a red flag for the Jets. The NFL with AJO episode 11, signing out.